And good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Griffin. A lot to do, not a lot of time to do it because they kick us out of here. Not like they're getting kicked out of the building. That's later in the week. Today we just get kicked out of the studio and they let those jerks from Simply the Bets come in. They want to talk about betting and trying to make money and whatever. I hate those guys. But we'll do it at 1140. Simply the Bets. Hey, there's Glenn. Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland every Tuesday morning at 1140. Although, again, as I warned you guys, not the next two Tuesday mornings because we won't be here. I'll keep reminding you so you're not caught off guard. We will be off from July 1st until July 18th. It sounds like a long time. It's 10 shows. 10 shows that we would have been doing for you, we will not be doing. I'm very sorry. We're moving studios. I'm doing the Women's Lacrosse Championships. We're going on vacation. And with the studio move, normally we would get fill-in hosts and we would do all that. But with the studio move, it's not—it's just not possible. So just fair warning. I, I do worry that you guys will find some other content and realize, hey, that's better, and not come back. I am worried about that. Don't get me wrong. But I hope that at least one or two of you will choose to rejoin us when we come back on the 18th. But in, in a normal world, other than the next two weeks, Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 11.40 a.m., weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. So this week, and then I don't know what the schedule will be because I haven't considered. I guess we'll just kind of keep it. We'll skip one show, and then we'll bring it back the week after that. that you know, that's a problem for future, Glenn. I'll let him deal with that. Uh, weekend at Bookies, also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. All right, uh, loaded show today. Connor Orr from SI joins us in a few minutes. He is extremely, I mean, really over the top, all in on what the Ravens have done this offseason. More than most people in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he said Eric DaCosta was his MVP of the offseason and – uh, thinks the Ravens draft class could be the, the one of the best in the last 20 years. I mean, like it's it's nuts. It's nuts. We'll talk to Connor Orr about all that. Um, after that, we're going to preview the women's lacrosse, the world lacrosse, women's world championships. I got to make sure I say that <laughs> right because I'm going to be saying it a lot over the course of the next 10 days. World lacrosse women's world championships, which get underway tomorrow night at Towson University. Uh, I'll be over there starting on Thursday. I might try to get there tomorrow night for the opener, uh, USA Canada, just to you know get a lay of the land, if you will. Although you know I've I've been there plenty of times over the years. Um, Matt Hamilton, USA Lacrosse Magazine, is going to join us to preview the event, who we should be watching for, who's a threat to the U.S., why you should be going out of your way to be getting out to Towson over the course of the next uh, eleven days in order to check out, you know, a world-class sporting event that just so happens to be literally in our backyard. Well, I mean, maybe not literally. I guess if you, if you don't live right there, it's not li- you, you know what I mean. I use literally the figuratively way. All right, settle down. I do that sometimes, like a lot of other people do. We got bigger problems. Next, uh, we'll check in with our buddy Darius Victor. Speaking of Towson, former Towson running back. He was the Offensive Player of the Year in the USFL. I know not a lot of you are watching the USFL. I understand. I'm not going to pretend like I was. 
But I love Darius Victor. I'm happy for him. He was one of the shining stars in the entire league, and hopefully it will earn his way back into the NFL. We will find out. A lot of other guys, you know, like I think of um, some of those other fly-by-night leagues that popped up. I know P.J. Walker. Yeah. Um, was with a big that was the which one that was, XF, that was the XFL yeah that was XFL when they like the half season that they did he, yeah he, he, was he big breakout he made it star out. of that league and ended up um, getting himself a nice NFL job and he's still in the NFL because of it so um, hopefully that happens for our buddy Darius Victor but we'll catch up with him to talk about it and uh, also later on in the program some fellow you might have heard of named Gunnar Henderson will join us as we make our trip down to Norfolk to chat with a member of the Tides. Baseball Prospectus recently said that Gunnar Henderson was the best prospect left in all of the minor leagues. Interesting. Interesting. Of course, the um, the top prospect rankings still include um, guys like Adley Rutschman just because they don't, all, they don't update them until guys graduate but play enough major league games. I don't know where Gunnar Henderson will be the next time, like MLB.com or... You know, Baseball America or somebody else does their updated prospect rankings. But uh, Baseball Prospect is quite high on Gunnar Henderson. And, uh, yeah, he's good. We know that. He's really, really good. We'll talk to him a bit more later on in the show. So a lot to do today. Uh, Fun night of watching baseball. Admittedly, I am somewhat relieved. And I said it when it happened. I don't know that I would have had the piss and vinegar in me to come in here and engage in a debate about pulling Tyler Wells when he was working a perfect game. I just don't know that I would have had it in me to feel strongly one way or the other. In the moment when it was going on, and they kept, you know, kudos to Kevin Brown and Jim Palmer, who kept referencing it, I, I thought to myself, look, the pitch count is so low that you probably got to let him go for a little while. And if they had pulled him out, in a perfect game after like 64 pitches, I think my answer would have been, yeah, that's not cool. But I do get it. I, I, and it, it does speak to some of the awkwardness of what we are discussing in relation to what the Orioles might do before the trade deadline, in relation to the Orioles being a bit better than perhaps we expected at this point in the season which is that some of your thought processes, process, processes, some of those might have to be revisited. But I get it. The innings thing, and we talked about this with Grayson Rodriguez, the innings thing is real. The, the total number of pitches is real. Expecting, we've got enough data now to think that you can just let someone fly to another you know, an insane innings number they've never reached has serious potential to do major damage to that player's development. So it's real. It's legitimate. And we can scream and bitch and moan about it all we want, but we have to recognize the fact that it's real and that a major league team has to consider it. And Tyler Wells might not be the centerpiece of what the Orioles might do in the future. But Tyler Wells right now is their best pitcher. And Tyler Wells is the closest thing they have to, like, not a certainty. That's not true. Grayson Rodriguez is still the closest thing they have to a certainty, despite the fact that he's hurt right now. He's 
I don't I don't know how to define him. He's the best major league pitcher they have, and barring him falling apart, could go into next year is the guy that you have. No, I still can't say that. I it's I try to word this the right way in order to try to make it the point that I want to make, and it's very difficult to do because we're still talking about a guy who's made 15 starts, right? Like I. I can't oversell that and suddenly say that because Tyler Wells has pitched well, a a basically a one whip and you know just over three ERA, that means that he's suddenly the ace of the staff next year. I, you know that's that's unreasonable. But he's the guy that's pitching well at the major leagues, and that means something. Tyler Wells, for his career, the most innings he has pitched. 119 in 2018. Right now, after last night's... Hang on, i got to make sure they factored in last night's start to this number. Always the tricky thing about some of these uh, places where you get baseball stats is that you sometimes find out that they didn't update from last night and that that doesn't go in until about 24 hours later. And here you are talking out of your ass. You're like, ah, gee, what's going on? Um... Tyler Wells, after pitching five innings last night. Mm. 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 Sorry. Now sits at 69.2 innings pitched. So clearly, if he's going to pitch for the entire year, you run the risk of him racing past 119. Now I get it. Just because you don't want to go from 119 to over 200 doesn't mean that you don't want to ramp up to somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, say, 160. I, I understand the problem that Brandon Hyde was faced with last night. As an organization, they have a plan. And you all can be mad about whatever the plan is for Trey Mancini or, or talk about whatever they're going to do with other players, but as guys focus on the coming years, which are the years that matter, the organization has to have a plan to say you have to deviate from that now because the Orioles are a little bit better than we thought they would be? No-ish. Ish. Because I do think that if this continues, as I said yesterday, you have to consider deviating from the plan when the plan isn't going to drastically change the long-term reality of the ball club. Whatever the plan is for Trey Mancini... If the Orioles are suddenly, like, within four games of a playoff spot in late July and continue to play well, are over 500 by that point, then suddenly it, it demands you rethink that if the return that you're getting for Trey Mancini is not significant. It demands that you don't just make a trade for the sake of making a trade. Demands that. It might not demand you not making a trade if you can get something of value. Because I get it. You still have to consider the years that matter. And if you have the ability to make... I don't even know who this would be with. You don't. Before I say this, I'm going to answer the question. You don't. Because I was going to say, if you have the ability to make some sort of Eric Bedard trade where you're getting a major league-ready prospect back in a guy like Adam Jones, that's a trade you make. But you don't have that. Eric Bedard, we'd like to conveniently forget this because we 
dislike he was an unlikable fella and he liked to pull himself out of games after five innings. But Eric Bedard was really good. We don't have a really I say we, I'm of course not involved. There is not a really good starting pitcher to be dealt. It's not there. I know, again, Tyler Wells has pitched fairly well this year. He's not that. That guy, that asset isn't there. But if you can even get something similar that involves a major league ready type of prospect, that you're trading, you're moving one thing out for something else that buys you a couple years of extended window and a player that could be Adam Jones like for the next few years, then yeah, you make that deal. but your record and what you're doing should alter your plans if your plans don't involve significantly upgrading your team. And we're still a few weeks away from that. Part of the reason I'm talking about it so much right now is because I'm not going to be here for a couple weeks to talk about it. But the, the results matter right now. If the Orioles can somehow keep doing this, and it seems that tonight they got to face Robbie Ray and they're sending Dean Kramer to the mound. There's just no world where somebody making their third start this season should be ready to go out-duel Robbie Ray, but I don't know, man. We're living in a weird world. Who knows? Maybe the Orioles win another game, take a series in Seattle. The Orioles are better than the Mariners, the team that went out and signed Robbie Ray this offseason. The team that had Julio Rodriguez coming. The Orioles are better than that team, despite the fact they've got to face the AL East. It's a weird world, dude. I don't know how to explain it. It makes no sense. But that's where we are. And at some point, you have to acknowledge where you are. At some point, you have to say, hey, whatever, whatever we think, we can't ignore this. And again, not to the extreme. Not to the, and that's where Tyler Wells factors in, not to the place where you're reckless with Tyler Wells. But his pitch count was so low last night, I, I certainly couldn't have justified pulling him out after five perfect innings because had he not given up uh, the home run, had he not uh, you know, had worked a couple of long counts there, his pitch count was going to be, I, I think before that, something like 50-something. I mean, what are you doing? He was at 38 through four. It was insane. And I know the fifth inning he labored a little bit. I mean, obviously it was a 3-2 count and a foul off before he gave up the home run. So the pitch count elevated because of the fifth inning. But if, if let's just say, he had on that 3-2 pitch, he had gotten a strikeout and gotten out of it. I couldn't justify pulling him in that moment. But again, I think they were going to pull him. I don't think he was going to get through nine perfect innings. I don't think that was going to happen. And in a way, I'm relieved. Honestly, I'm relieved. Because I just don't... I, I would have been forced to sit here and do the, yeah, but it's history, yeah, but blah, 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 blah thing, and I just don't have it in me. Because I don't know what the correct answer is. I think the right answer would have been doing what they did, but, you know, I've talked about this before. This is a perhaps once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for someone. <sighs> There is no right answer in these cases. There's not. I mean, there really isn't. Who was the Dodgers? Was it Stripling 
that the Dodgers did that with once upon a time years ago when he was young in his career? Didn't he have a, I don't know if it was a perfect game or at least a no-hitter going. I want to say it was Ross Stripling that they did that to and pulled him out. This would have yeah, been. Yeah, in the eighth inning. How many years ago was this? This was, oh, I love it. Love to see a date. Mm. Mm. Uh, this was mm. in the past. Okay, I I figured that. 2016. Much. It was in 2016. 2016. Yeah, it was it was in April. So his, that was like yeah, kind of the his thing. rookie season. Yeah. Now Ross Stripling turned out to be a a good pitcher for the Dodgers. You know, he didn't turn out to be anything special, but he turned out to be a a decent pitcher, a bullpen arm, right? Uh, for the most part. After no, I mean, he oh, made, they ended up losing that game. That's why it was a big deal too. Oh, I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know the answers, dude. I don't know the answers. I really don't. The Glenn Clark Radio, I don't have the answers. I think the right thing would have been to pull Tyler Wells because I think that you ha- you can't just wildly deviate from your plan in those moments. But I don't feel strongly about it, and I'm really kind of glad that we don't have to do that show, that it just worked out perfectly that they end up winning the game comfortably anyway. Now, you can argue you don't like having to use your bullpen as much as you're having to use it because at some point, at some point, it feels like that's something's got to give. It feels really difficult to think that you can keep getting this level of performance from your bullpen the more you're asking them to do and realizing there's probably a few more long... Like, the likelihood that Dean Kramer's working seven for you is slim to none. You're asking for a lot. But, I don't know. They're giving it to you, so I... I, I don't have... Again, I don't have all the answers. Fun night of watching baseball. Adley Rutschman, neat story, obviously, with them. You know, we're, we're joking. Uh, Griffin and I were yesterday. He was like, it's Adley Rutschman's homecoming. I'm like, well, Adley Rutschman's not from Seattle. Not by any stretch of the imagination, but I get it. It's the closest major league team to where Adley Rutschman grew up in Oregon. Grandparents were there. They, I, I understand. I that's un- why he hit the home run. I understand <laughs> that it was a special moment because he had family that was at the game because it was the closest, and, and apparently a 1,000 people, friends and family, um, that it's the closest that he's played since he's reached the major league level. So I, I get it. It was It was a neat moment. For Adley Rutschman, and that was really cool. Like with his grandparents there hitting a home run, that's that's some special stuff. It it was very cool. It was a very cool evening. If you stayed up late to watch the Orioles last night, it was a super pleasant way to spend a Monday night. Orioles, as I mentioned, will continue the series in Seattle this evening. Dean Kramer. On the mound against Robbie Ray. So you never know. You never know. Dean Kramer's been unbelievable in his first couple of starts. Robbie Ray has not been dominant this year. One of the things that I haven't been paying attention to, he's pitching to a 4.07 ERA on the season. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe somebody would say Dean Kramer's the better of these two pitchers. He's, he's high strikeout still. Bobby Ray. And, yeah, oh, and Dylan Seas did that on Sunday, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We will see. All right. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Let's switch. Talk a little Ravens right now. 
joining us. Man, we've talked to him a number of times over the years, and he is very high on what the Ravens have done this offseason. Not, I, I guess I want to make that very clear. I wasn't emphasizing very high because I'm suggesting he's high. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he thinks very strongly of what the Ravens have done this offseason. Uh, he covers the NFL for Sports Illustrated. He is Connor Orr. He's back with us here on GCR. Connor, it's Glenn and Griffin. It's good to talk to you as always, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem. I'll do some Orioles too, by the way. I'm a big Orioles fan. How's this Adley is, doing this year? How's Adley doing? Good? He just hit a home run last night with a thousand friends and family members in attendance out in Seattle. It was, it was really, it's been, I, it, Connor, it is, we were pl- preparing for this year to be desperate and only wanting to talk about Lamar Jackson's contract throughout the months of June and July. And all of a sudden, the Orioles are like within six games of a playoff spot, which nobody saw coming. And that's not even like an accomplishment, but given where we thought we were going to be, it's the most insane, pleasant season of Orioles baseball we could have ever asked for. Team of destiny, baby. That's what what it's all about. I love it, man. I love it. Let's talk about the Ravens. Let's talk about why it is that, in your mind, Eric DaCosta is the MVP of the offseason. So I wrote a a pretty long column about this a couple of weeks ago, and I think what's really interesting to me is they are just – they're taking a hard right turn when everybody's taking a hard left turn, and they're just assembling all these really, really good – pieces and players that are super undervalued they're going to be super affordable for a long time and they're going to be building blocks of really good football teams and you know it's just like everybody's fighting each other and overspending for positions like wide receiver for some reason the market just exploded and they're just sitting it out and they're they're getting better assets that are going to help them for a longer term period of time and i think it's just so smart and it's uh, it's just a it's a winning strategy. All right, let let me let me try to to, bra- to go into that a little bit if I could, Connor, because I I do like the players, the Ravens. I think you and I talked after the draft. I I love you know Kyle Hamilton. I think he's a hell of a football player. I think um, Tyler Linderbaum is a is a smart kind of savvy type of player to add at a position of need that could be a guy for a decade here. And I absolutely, I mean, frankly, I think David Ajabo might be the best pick that they made in the draft. That being said. When you say for when you say people are spending all this money on wide receiver for some reason, isn't the answer because the Super Bowl winners have all had really good wide receivers, and the teams that have made the biggest jumps offensively have been the teams that have had the best wide receivers in recent years? Like, don't don't we don't we know even when you're a team that wants to run the ball as much as the Ravens do, in order to win the biggest games, you're going to need to have those types of players that you can rely on to make big plays. Well, I think, and, you know, this might end up being a crazy take, but, you know, I've, I've decided that I'm willing to die on this hill, and it's okay. Um, I think that this is sort of the genius of the Ravens' money ball moment is they have, listen, they have a team that, receivers don't really want to play for them, mm-hmm. right? And let, let's just call it what it is. Hollywood Brown wanted to get out. You're not uh, – Juju Smith-Schuster a couple of years ago would have rather played the courts of Ben Roethlisberger to go to the Ravens, right? right. Receivers don't want to come here. Um, and you have a team that's built around a quarterback that has a very particular skill set. So tight ends really want to come and play here, right? Because he's good at throwing the ball to tight ends. He completes a lot of passes to tight ends. And they fit in sort of this – weird little offensive universe that they have. Tight ends also cost half as much. They do twice as much. And 
they're still moving the ball for you. And so I think that the Ravens are kind of thinking like, okay, we'll just make it up in the aggregate a little bit, you know? Right. And, you know, and, and I think like otherwise what you're doing is, you know, what would they have had to do? Pay Christian Kirk $19 million, $20 million. And is that really the world? You want to live in if you're the Ravens. No, no where question, right? Yeah, you definitely, yeah. you definitely don't want to be paying extraordinary numbers for guys that aren't that good. I, I guess the question would be, but like, does that mean that you're not? If you're going this route, don't you have to draft wide receivers, right? Like that's still, the, I still come away from this with that difficult part of this, which is okay. I get it. You don't receivers don't want to sign here. You would have to overpay for them. Um, you know, fine. Someone would make the argument you could trade for a receiver, but you still have to pay extraordinary prices for that. At some point, doesn't doing this require you to keep drafting wide receivers because the idea that, you know, they've got three young ones that we, we hope are going to be guys, but doesn't math say you need to constantly sort of flooding your system with wide receivers if you're going to go this round? Possibly, but I would say this. Like, you have to look at this draft, in my mind, as sort of an individual uh, thing, right? And so would you have rather come out of the draft with, maybe the best safety prospect we've seen in five years, definitely the best center prospect we've seen in a couple years. Um, you know, guys who you know are going to be there for a very long time, or would you rather do kind of what the commanders did, which is trip over yourselves to take the fourth best wide receiver that you have no idea whether or not they're going to pan out. Like, I think we can both agree that, I mean, and again, the draft is a crapshoot, right? But if you take Linderbaum and Hamilton versus maybe the fourth or fourth best wide receiver in this draft, which one are you feeling better about right now? If you look at it kind of in a macro term, like over the long term, right? I, I just think, you know, they, that, that was a value judgment that I thought was, you know, pretty savvy. I, I, under, <laughs> I understand. Connor Orr is with us here on GCR. I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm sure that somebody in response would say, well, hey, you know, go, let's go back to 2019 and weren't the teams that took the next group of wide receivers much happy with the fact that they were able to get that fourth wide receiver and shouldn't more teams have been valuing that when the likes of Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf were on the board and everybody was letting wide receivers slip by? Sure. Yeah, I think I, I would guess, and I don't know this, but I would say that the Ravens will probably admit that that is probably ultimately their their blind spot. Um, but I, you know, again, it's like it, they don't it's like I was talking to a couple of coaches about this theory that like a positionless football, right? Where mm -hmm. a lot of guys on the field, like aren't really, you don't need them to be stars. You just need them to run a certain way to manipulate a defense a certain way to get you to do what you want to mm -hmm. do. And I think that that is essentially what receivers are in the Ravens offense. Right. And so it's like, I, I just think you can live without it. And I know that sounds crazy, but there are teams like, you know, what was it? Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I mean, even they, they were saying we can live without an offensive line. You know, right. I mean, there are crazier theories out there. Um, and the Bengals realized that at the last minute. And now they spent a whole bunch of money to fix the problem. So, you know, I, I think it's worth letting this thing play out. I mean, if you go back in Ravens history, the best players in their modern franchise have all been undervalued assets, right? Inside linebackers, safeties, yep. interior offensive linemen. They've shown you can win that way. They've had the, what is it, the third most efficient offense in the NFL since 2018. So I don't think it's necessarily broken. I think they've had some crappy luck with injuries. 
Um, uh, but they still win a lot of games. And I, I think this is going to be a good year for them. He is Connor Ori is with us on GCR. Connor, I think the interesting part to me is just the question of, because in a weird way, I agree. I know the argument would be, hey, you drafted Isaiah Likely, and he could be more like a wide receiver for you. And we all know that Mark Andrews is more like a wide receiver. And I, I, like, I get all of the arguments. I, I come back to specifically, can you win the Super Bowl doing this? And I get it. I'm, I'm painting a very narrow, and it's a good problem to have because in a lot of places they would be desperate to be talking about can you just win some games and be good. But the Ravens have done a lot of that over the years, and it, it feels like the question just remains – all of these things, this experiment, this positionless football, this valuing you know, undervalued spots and not having wide receivers, do we have any way to know that it can be done to actually win a Super Bowl? I, without comparing Lamar Jackson to Tom Brady, I would say yes, because the Patriots have done it, right? I mean, they, and you can say, oh, they had Wes Walker and Danny Amendola, but like those guys were completely discarded assets when New England took them and just plugged them into a system that made them work. And so I think, you know, most of New England's Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken, were pretty threadbare at the wide receiver position. And that's ultimately why Tom Brady left to go play somewhere else. And you could argue that the game has changed and it's modernized, but I think the Ravens are betting on, and I think it's an interesting bet, right, that I think the game is just cyclical, right? And now everyone's going to be playing too high shell all the time, and they're going to shut down your major playmakers anyway. Um, watch, like every single team is going to run this kind of big play prevention defense, and so what's going to beat that is a strong running game. And I think it's a, it's a worthwhile bet because I think the Buccaneers and the Rams were the last two teams that are really going to be able to take advantage of that old Seattle cover three. It, it's just not going to look the same, I right. think, anymore. It's an interesting thought, and obviously that's, you know, the, the argument somebody would make back is like, yeah, but you can't ignore the fact that that was Tom Brady. And look, I sure. I like Lamar Jackson. I genuinely believe in Lamar Jackson, and we know there are certain things Lamar Jackson, frankly, does better than Tom Brady. Like, we know that as a fact, um, you know, athleticism-wise. But, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated by it. I am fascinated and can it work out. It's difficult for me to have faith in it when you look at an AFC and all of the quarterbacks that are there and the guys that would, you know, put all of the chips down and just tell somebody to go make plays and the playmakers they have to work with, it, it, it's tough for me to fathom. Also, sort of because of the way the NFL works, that, like, doesn't – don't the rules benefit the teams? Like, the, the Chiefs-Bills situation from the playoffs a year ago, don't the rules of the league benefit the teams that can just say, look – when everything's when everything's working against us, we're the team that can either make have our defense make a play in the backfield and get a stop, or be the team that can go down and score really quickly by throwing the football. Isn't the league built to benefit those teams? Yeah, and but I think my counter to that would be if you're Baltimore and you want to start doing that now, um, and you could start, you know, and and again, I think, and I'm not certain on this, but I think that they would probably you know, be kicking themselves in the second or the third round. They didn't get into the wide receiver party a little bit, but would you rather try to start that process now and be like the ninth best team at doing that? Right. Or would you rather, you know, kind of double down yeah. on what you're doing and be by far the best team at what you're I, already good at and, and take that gamble? Like, you know, it, it, that, to me, like it's, that's kind of the absurdity of, not the absurdity of like the AFC West, but it's like, 
let's all compile all this talent in this basically the same way, hire all these coaches from the same system, yep. run kind of the same offense, and then see what happens. You just duke like, it yeah. out, right. You, like, know, you know what I mean? And so I think, I, I don't know, I think I would just rather, to make a baseball analogy, it's like I'd rather be a Rays fan right now than, I mean, I'm an Orioles fan, and I'm always going to be an Orioles fan, but I would rather be a Rays fan than like, some team that's just crappy for a couple of years and spends a lot of money, then gets crappy again. You know what I mean? I, I, he, so I, I hear think, you. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I guess my answer would be, couldn't it be an amalgamation of the two, right? Like, couldn't you have sure. done everything that you've done? And I'm, I wanna, I'm not down. I'm not down on it. I'm intrigued by it. I just really get nervous. And it's a twofold. I get nervous about the wide receiver thing, and I get nervous about the edge rush department simply because it seems like as good of a defense as you can build with a secondary. And analytically, I get it. That's the way you're supposed to build your defense is with the secondary. But it still feels like when all the chips are down and you have to make a winning play defensively, the most likely place for it to come is from your front seven and a truly gifted special pass rusher. And the Rams figured out they needed to have a Von Miller in order to go make plays like that to try to win a close game and make sure that you I'd get over the top. Those two things still ultimately... I think you can be a good football team. I just I wonder about the moments where the, the game matters the most. It feels like the biggest plays are being made in different ways. I think if it comes down to that, um, you know, it's interesting, right? Like the Bengals um, and Trey Hendrickson and all those guys, they built their secondary from back to front. They, they focused on coverage, and now all of a sudden Trey Hendrickson's a 20-sack-a-year player. Mm-hmm. I think the Ravens can develop their guys in a similar way where you're going to have one of those players come out of it. But the flip side to that is I think if Baltimore is in the mix by the middle of the season, I think that they are smart enough to realize what you're saying. And I think they are going to get a good edge rusher or they will try to get a good wide receiver, but they'll try to get it for pennies on the doll. Sure. You know, and sure. I think, you know what I mean? If it's, if it's that glaringly deficient, I think that they've been pretty good over the years. I think at, at least taking a crack at that, you know, and, and yeah. trying to get it. They haven't, um, they haven't, like, the unique Ngakwe thing didn't work out for him, but they tried it, you know, like, I get it. I get what you're saying. They attempted yeah. to do something, and unfortunately, it just, it just didn't work. Um, it was a square peg round hole situation where they had, they got the wrong player for what it is they do because he wasn't a three down player, and that's just not, they don't use situational pass rushers, or they haven't in Baltimore. We'll see if that changes um, with Mike McDonald now moving forward. Um, it's fascinating. Like it really is. It's an experiment, right? Like, and it's a it's a fascinating thing to watch, and it's a lot of fun because we expect the Ravens to win, and because Lamar Jackson's very entertaining. Like, it's everybody here is excited about football, which you know I don't know if it's the exact same way in every city in the country. Um, we're just greedy now, <laughs> and like we just want to win Super Bowls. That's the way that it goes. Um, Connor, what should we be plugging for you, man? I know it's at Connor Orr with one N on Twitter. And, of course, SI.com. But what else should we be plugging for you? I would say, you know, just check. Uh, go to SI.com and go to the subscribe section. We're running some great deals on the print magazine. And I can tell you we're working on the football preview issue right now. And it's really, really, really good. So make sure you're subscribed uh, in time to get that issue in August. Because I'm telling you, man, it's, it's all coming back print magazines everybody's in on it i miss so, i know. miss them i miss them i love that Get it. i love it all right take Connor. it to the beach hell yeah i just like having it sitting on a you know my table when i'm sitting down watching tv at night i'm like everybody right. else i get distracted i just want to pick something up and 
and read. I want to go that route. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you for doing this. Let's talk again soon, all right? All right. Take care. Connor or SI.com. Again, I don't have, as always, Glenn Clark Radio, I don't have the answers. I, I can't see the future. I don't know. I am concerned. I do like the thought process, and I get what Connor's saying. Is that there, It's the thing that we talked about going back three years, 2019. You zig, we zag. It's, it's an extended version of that. You don't think the value is at safety? Cool, we'll take the best safeties. Try to play positionless football. Just get good football players. Plug them in. I like it. I also hope that Dafe Owe, like in his second season, is ready to take another step forward, and that helps address my edge rush concern because we liked a lot of the things that we saw from Dafe Owe in the first half of the season a year ago. And I hope that all these young wide receivers are good. But at some point, I worry that your season might come down to can you make one play disrupting in the backfield? Can you score quickly moving the ball downfield? And I get it. The Ravens did some of that. They've shown they can do that. Lamar Jackson, we know, is capable of that. But it, as much as we want to beat up Hollywood Brown for all of his faults, he was typically quite helpful for those types of things. Will this group of guys be able to do that? We don't we just can't know. And you're you're resting your Super Bowl hopes on that. You're pinning will you win the Super Bowl on this. And that makes me antsy. I I can't tell you that it won't be done. I'm just apprehensive about it. Today's show brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They are giving away a backyard barbecue for you and your friends. And one of your friends is going to need to be Glenn Clark. Griffin, maybe. I mean, it depends. I'm not sure if you're ready to call him a friend or not. Like, he's more like somebody you met once. He seems By the time they give it away, I think uh, everyone everyone will consider me a friend. You think by that point you should be. All right, maybe Griffin, too. Definitely. Go register right now. No purchase necessary. GloryDaysGrill.com. Summer seasonal menu is coming. Also what's coming is I'm going to be working right down the street from Glory Days Grill. So you're going to see me in there basically every day. Somebody says, hey, we got to find Glenn. Eh, I think you know where you can look. Love Glory Days Grill. Ribs, wings, burgers, all of it. You know, I the oh, God. Those smoky thigh wings. Oh. oh. They, re, they, they changed the world. The short rib brisket blend burger with the blue cheese and the caramelized onions. GloryDaysGrill.com. Get your order in and sign up to win that backyard barbecue. When we come back in, we're going to preview the World Lacrosse Women's World Championship. Which yes is a mouthful, and I would have encouraged they them. They say maybe, world twice. Yes, yeah. they do. The because it's the, the organizers of the is world the championships world is a group called World Lacrosse. Okay, that's the organizers of the event. They're called World Lacrosse. It's like the the college softball championship is the NCAA championship, right? For the world championships, it's the World Lacrosse. It, you know, in basketball they got FIBA. In yeah. in other sports that. The, so technically, the, the world, technically, the World Cup is the FIFA World Cup. We just call it the World Cup. And I get it. We could probably stylize it as the Women's World Championship, but 
it doesn't include the sport title in there. So we call the World Lacrosse Women's World Championship. I'll have to edit the rundown. I call it the Women's Lacrosse World Championship. I'm fine with that. It's okay. not an official title, but it's good enough. World Lacrosse Women's World Championship. And I got it. I need to... Maybe say it ten times. World Lacrosse Women's World Championship. World Lacrosse Women's World Championship. World Lacrosse. Uh, never again. Not going to happen. But I'm going to be saying it a lot over the next couple of weeks. We're going to preview it. Matt Hamilton, USA Lacrosse Magazine, joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com to follow the show on instagram it's just glenn clark radio and to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait i don't think you're supposed to know about that one any hoodle. Take it away, boys. I feel like I'm not getting enough credit for how I'm managing to do the show as Wimbledon's going on. I would appreciate you guys maybe making like a donation of some sort. It doesn't have to be to me. Like this isn't one of those things where I'm going to put like my, my cash app on my Twitter page so you can tip me for my tweets. I'm just saying that like maybe as a thank you for the service that I'm providing doing the show when I, you know damn well I would far prefer to just be watching tennis, you could 
make a nice charity donation in my name. Something along those lines. That's what I would ask. Coco, Coco just won, right? She did. Coco Golf dropped the first set today. Really weird match involving Iga Sviantek this morning, who's you know won about a billion consecutive matches, six straight tournaments, and like she won the first set at Love, got broken multiple times in the second set, but won it comfortably. Came back from down three one, and won it comfortably. I'm just saying, out of here slaving away while while humans are playing tennis somewhere and i would rather be doing that but yet here i am with you a service for the community for a few more days the real problem is going to be when i have to start calling lacrosse games and there's tennis being played at the same time that's going to be an issue <laughs> like where i look over and it's supposed to be the live stats that are up but i accidentally have the espn3 page up and i'm like oh no oh no let's talk about that as you guys know i will be part of uh, espn's coverage of the World Lacrosse Women's World Championship. Joining us now to preview the event, explain why it is that you guys need to be headed out to Towson in order to check out a world-class sporting event here in our neighborhood. He is with USA Lacrosse Magazine. He's our buddy Matt Hamilton. He's with us now here on GCR. Matt, what's going on, man? How are you? Not much. Call him before the storm, Glenn. How you doing? Everything is good, man. Except I, I'm, I need to spend. I could use a few more days to study the pronunciations of the players on the Uganda and Hong Kong rosters. But, but as a professional, I will do my best to make my way through it. Um, I don't envy that job. Hey, man. Look, it's it's more. The, the, actually, once I have them, it's not that big of a deal. It's actually been. I've had to download WhatsApp. I've had to go through a lot of steps in order to get in touch with people. But that's the way it goes. We're covering a, a world-class event. Let's, let's just start there. Generically speaking, why is it, Matt, that area sports fans that are maybe are casual you know, observers of women's lacrosse, why should they be making time over the course of the next 10 days to make sure they get out to Towson University to check out this event? That's a great question, Glenn. And I feel like I've been answering it for the past couple months different formats but like basically generically this is the biggest compilation of women's cross talent that the world's ever seen and it's happening in our backyard at Towson University and I mean you can you can look at it from many different ways you can look at it from you know the top end of the talent spectrum USA Canada England Australia they're some of the best lacrosse players that have ever played the game so if you have any interest in women's lacrosse it's the place to be and then, you know, from the teams that maybe aren't competing for gold medals but are still traveling across the world, you get to see lacrosse played by teams like Uganda and Hong Kong. And it's really cool to see it because they just love lacrosse so much and they just do it for the love of the game. And they're, you know, just as happy to be here as anyone. And it's, I mean, it's really, it's a really cool feeling to be part of an event like this where you get to see top-notch lacrosse, but you also get to see lacrosse just for the love of the game and people having a good time. So if you have any vested interest in lacrosse i'd I'd recommend it but i also work at usa lacrosse so i'm a bit biased i get it i understand that and look but you know i'd say i'm biased because i'm involved with espn but even before i knew i was going to be involved with espn it's a major sporting event in our community and while you guys are mad about the world cup not coming here and trust me i'm uh, devastated by it these are the events that said yes to us and these do you do you happen to know matt like is this is 30 remind me the total is it 32 teams that are participating what's the total number of teams that are participating in this event 30 30 30 is the number think about the economic impact of that alone on our community and what this is going to do for our area 
even if it's not your thing, supporting something that's going to benefit us so significantly seems like a small ask. So that's my sort of uh, addendum to what it is that you said. Matt, let's talk yeah. about let's talk about you you reference the teams at the top. Admittedly, when I tell people that I'm I'm working this event, they're like, "Wow, I just sort of assumed that the US was the best country at lacrosse. I didn't know others were threats." Tell me how many countries are viable threats to winning the world championship along with the United States. So you're looking at probably about a handful of teams, um, you know, five or six teams here that, you know, traditionally are competitive. So you start with the U.S. The U.S. has played Canada in the last world championship final. So Canada is always going to be a threat. They have some talent, including Aurora Accordingly, a Maryland player uh, from this past season. Um, England, bronze medal winners in 2017, have a really good team, and they're definitely going to be a medal threat. Um, They're always competitive. Australia, who have won the past two world championships on U.S. soil, um, is back again, and they have plenty of talent. So they're going to be a viable threat. And then you're looking at teams like Scotland that, you know, maybe on the outside looking in as of now, but they're going to be competitive, and they're going to have a shot at, you know, making that medal round. So there's going to be you know, five or six teams in that mix to, you know, medal or, you know, win gold. And so it's going to be a competitive few days in pool play to see how it sorts out. And then they get into, you know, the actual knockout play. And that's where things really get going. But, um, yeah, I'd say about five or six teams you're looking at that have a viable chance to at least medal, if not gold. If, if there were betting odds, I'm assuming the U.S. would still be the betting favorite to win the gold, correct? Uh, I would think so. I, I don't know if they have betting odds, but that would be interesting if they did. Um, yes, the U.S. would be the favorite. They won last time around um, two-time defending champions. They have potentially more talent than they've ever had, um, and they're going to come at this and want to win on U.S. soil. They've never done it before. Um, yeah, I think the U.S. is It's fair to say they're a, they're a pretty strong favorite, but... Again, you never know what will happen. They've lost the last two times they've yep. played in the U.S. So. Yep, it's never happened. They've never been a, a country that has won gold, won the world championship on their home soil. So it's a huge opportunity for them to do that. Matt Hamilton is with us, USA Lacrosse Magazine. We're pre- previewing the World Lacrosse Women's World Championships, which gets underway tomorrow night at Towson with the USA and Canada. Matt, uh, player-wise, get, run me through like five or six players that either uh, you know a casual fan might know. I think Taylor Cummings would probably be very near the top of that list, or players that you should know about. Players that would be worth you getting out to see because we are talking about truly world-class athletes that are worth the price of admission. So I'll give you a couple from the U.S., and then I'll try to give you a couple from other countries to, to watch out for. So from the U.S. team, like you mentioned, Taylor Cummings might be the best player in the world right now. Just watching her play is, is awesome. She's a machine. Um, from the draw, on offense, she can even play some defense. She's, she's amazing, and I'm sure you've, you've talked to her before. So um, other plays on the U.S. team to watch out for. One is Charlotte North. Charlotte North yep. is potentially the most dynamic player in the entire world. Um, the way she shoots, uh, almost no one in the history of women's cross has shot that way. Yep, it is it is an absolute bullet, and it's amazing to watch live. And the sound that comes off the net when she scores is is just incredible. And just over a year ago, she was at Johnny United Stadium winning the national championship for Boston College. So it'll be kind of fun to see her back. 
Um, so oh, she and certainly she, won the watch. She was putting on a show at Hopkins a month ago. My God, she was breathtaking. Um, she, she's unreal. Yeah. She's super talented. Um, and she plays with some fire, too. Like, every time she scores, she's jumping up and down. She's screaming. So she's super exciting to watch. Um, outside of her, Kayla Trainer, uh, potentially one of the craftiest players in the world with her stick. Uh, she's just really fun to watch because you never know what she's going to do next. She played at Syracuse. Um, on the, let's see, the U.S. midfield, Dempsey Arsenal, another Boston College player, um, and Sam Mapuzo both played at Boston College, made the national championship together. They're awesome to work, you know, with each other, and it's fun to see them play. Um, so U.S. is littered with talent. Um, and if you take it across to different countries, Canada, we already mentioned Aurora accordingly, yep. played at Maryland. It's obviously a plus. Uh, Dana Doby, one of the most talented players in the history of women's lacrosse, is on this Canada team. She plays, again, kind of like Kayla Trainer, with just a craftiness, super creative, um, really fun to, to watch play. Australia has Hannah Nielsen, um, you know, former star in college lacrosse. Uh, she's still a threat, and she's a coach at uh, Michigan right now. So she's another player that is just really fun to watch. Um, England has Megan Whittle, another Maryland alum, um, on their team, and she was a star at Maryland and is always a threat to score. Um, will be super fun to see her play against the U.S. and Canada and Australia. So that's just a, a touch of some of the players. There's so much more talent, but, uh, yeah, those are some of the companies. No, I, I, that's exactly what I was looking for. And, and, and you certainly named some of the ones that, that, that jump right off the page to me that uh, are certainly worth the price of admission. It, speaking of that, by the way, this is I, – I didn't even – until I got involved, until I found out I was broadcasting, I did not realize – like you don't really have to plan around. If you want to come see team, see team USA, you got to plan around that. But if you just happen to have some free time during the course of the next two weeks, you can just show up because basically at any point from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day, there's gonna be lacrosse being played. Like it's insane how many games are involved over the course of the next week or so. Yes, it's it's crazy. It it means a lot of hours for for us here at USA Lacrosse, but yeah. we love it. Um, for the fan, it's nonstop lacrosse. It's kind of like, you know, like Wimbledon's on right now. I watch Wimbledon when I can from 9 a.m. till it yeah. ends. Like, it's, yeah. it's amazing how much, you know, you can kind of get in one day. But, yeah, you can show up in the morning, and you can stay there all day. I mean, you probably want to eat and, you know, drink water, stay hydrated. Right. But you can do it all day if you want. Like, pull a marathon of a day and watch lacrosse from 9 to 9. It's going to be awesome. No, it's it's spectacular, and and I, again, I this the impact this has. You know, I'll, I'll run one more by you, Matt. I talked about this. You mentioned you know I'm talking to Taylor, and I've had Taylor on a couple times in the buildup. But one of the things we talked about is I watched the um, the uh, the Dream On Thirty for Thirty a couple weeks ago, having forgotten about the significance of the '96 Olympic women's basketball team in launching the WNBA, and not on that scale, obviously, because it's not the Olympics and lacrosse doesn't have the footprint that basketball does, but it does feel as though coming off of record ratings for the women's Final Four this year and there being games that are going to be on linear ESPN television in addition to um, the ESPN Plus broadcasts, and it being in the United States and the games being played at normal hours and prime time at a time where there's not a lot of other major events going on, this is kind of a very unique opportunity for building women's lacrosse and, and broadening the horizon for there to be more casual fans moving forward 
that that I don't know there's another event that could provide it in the same way. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the theme of this tournament for both the women's team and just in general. This is this is a moment for women's lacrosse. It's a moment for women's lacrosse to kind of showcase what it is and why people should watch and you know, you got six games on linear. It's going to be cool to see how many people tune into that, how many new fans can kind of pick up on the game. And um, this, this national team, one of their kind of main themes is more than a medal. And what that means is a lot of things. But, you know, in the, in the realm of just kind of, uh, you know, publicity and getting, getting their name out there, this is a chance to really raise the level of women's lacrosse. Yeah. It's going to be seen at the world championship, at least, by more people than ever before. And this team certainly is aware of that, and, and they want to keep kind of doing things that will, you know, go viral on, on social media and scoring cool goals and, and really, really, you know, appealing to average fans and people that, you know, may eventually uh, come to women's lacrosse. So it's certainly a moment for this sport to really rise up and kind of show why people should watch it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a theme of this tournament and will be for probably the next two weeks. Matt, what can I plug for you? I know you're on Twitter at Matt Hamilton 92, but coverage-wise, you know, get the event. What all should we get plugs in for? Yeah, don't don't follow me. All I do is tweet about Adley Rushman well, all I mean, day. That's, so. that's all the rest of us are doing too. In <laughs> fairness, it's it's all any of us uh, are doing around here. In terms of the um, in terms of the tournament, uh, our handles are at WorldLax 2022. Um, you can follow along for content throughout the tournament. Um, if you want to follow the women's national team, it's at USAWLAX. Um, you can follow along with all the content that we're pushing out during games. And if you want to buy tickets, it's womensworldlax2022.com. I really encourage you guys to get out there. It's a huge moment for us to, to showcase to the world what we can do um, in hosting world-class events and embracing world-class events. And I know we do it with Preakness every year, but this is something a little bit different please, please show up and support this event. Uh, Matt, my first game is New Zealand-Ireland on Thursday. I will make sure I come by and say hello at some point over the course of the next 10 days. Appreciate taking the couple of minutes for us. Really excited about uh, the World Lacrosse Women's World Championships. Look forward to seeing you out at Towson, all right? Awesome. Thanks. Appreciate you, Glenn. Matt Hamilton from uh, USA Lacrosse Magazine, USA Lacrosse, checking in with us here on GCR as we get ready for um, what is a huge event. And I can't, I can't stress that enough. And it's, somebody would say, well, yeah, you got a vested interest. You're working the event. I'm not going to be working the, um, the cycling classic later this year. I, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to guess I'm not going to be working the cycling classic. I don't have any experience in that department. I can't fathom that they would want to hire me to broadcast that event. Although I'm willing to learn if they're hiring. Um, but I'm going to say the same things then. And it's the same thing I'd say about the five-star at Fair Hill. I don't know anything about dressage. I want you to support that event. There are only so many opportunities for our city to show what we are capable of in terms of being a host for these world-class types of events. You don't get these every day. Let's embrace them. You want more? You want more events coming here? Maybe things that are more like what you're into? Show what we can do for this one. And I get it. I'm not, I, I certainly understand that tickets aren't free and you guys have plans. I'm not shaming anyone. I'm just encouraging. 
that we embrace these things as we would like more of them to come here and continue to impact our economy. 30 countries worth of teams and all the people traveling with them are about to descend upon Baltimore County and Baltimore. That's a big deal. That's very helpful for an economy. Support it. Support it. Get out and check out World Lacrosse Women's World Championships starting tomorrow night. USA and Canada. All right, hour number one in the books, also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, which is the place to be Saturday night for UFC 276. I know everybody's talking about O'Malley. Obviously, Israel Adesanya in the main event. Great card. Championship fights. Big fights. The place to watch all the fights and bet on all the fights is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel because they've got 61 self-service kiosks for you to bet on during the course of the night. You don't have to pay. There's no cover charge for you to watch the pay-per-view. So you're saving money, and you could make money. You could come out on top. Great food. Great drinks. There at Sports and Social. You want to reserve your spot for Saturday night? Email events at sportssocialmd.com. Register. Say, hey, I got some friends coming out. I want to get a table. I want to get a, a group of reclining chairs, whatever it is. Be there Saturday night for UFC 276. And a reminder, if you're like me and you are obsessed with betting Wimbledon and you love betting tennis and you say to yourself, well, that's not convenient because the matches start at 6 a.m. and the sportsbook ain't open then. No worries. They got you covered. Those 61 self-service kiosks are open 24-7. So just get in. When you can get in, get your bets in. Very simple. FanDuel Sportsbook, live casino and hotel. All right, we had to do this a little bit earlier on. Speaking of uh, Towson University, someone who used to run around at Towson University, of course, a very successful running back there, and what a season he had in the USFL. Let's chat with Darius Victor right now here on GCR. Great to be joined now here on GCR by a man who had an unbelievable season playing in the USFL. We've always enjoyed catching up with a great former Towson Tiger. He is Mr. Darius Victor, the Offensive Player of the Year in the USFL, and he's with us once again here on GCR. Darius, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Uh, thanks thanks for having me, man. Always good to speak to you guys, and uh, shout out to Baltimore. No doubt, man. It's great to catch up with you. I know you'd rather be getting ready for another football game this week, and I know that's got to be a bummer, but, man, I, you know, can you just take me through? When you decided you were going to make this jump and you were going to give this a shot playing in the USFL, what were your goals, what were your expectations, and how good do you feel about what you showed to everybody about what it is that you still have to offer. My my goals uh, initially is just to show that I still had something left in the tank. You know, people forgot about me and how how good I, I play football. So my 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 goal was just to remind folks um, and uh, just take advantage of the opportunity presented to me. You know, try to make the best of each practice, best of, best of each play, and uh, just leave it all out there on the field and. Uh, Hopefully, I did enough for people to remember me, and uh, and uh, and I'm forever grateful for the opportunity. But it was it was, it was a great season, unfortunately, in, in how you know we wanted to. But uh, you know, someone has to win, someone has to lose. And we we picked a bad day to have a bad day. Right. I think if we play them again, we'll win. But you know, shout out to Philly for, for going out there and doing what they had to do. But uh, great season, uh, had a, a great great time, and I'll, I'll forever remember the my my teammates and, the, and 
coaches and things like that. Did Did you feel that like people were taking notice? I mean, obviously, you took notice enough to name you Offensive Player of the Year. But I mean, let's let's be honest. I'm sure you did this because you want to get back on the radar for the NFL. Did you Did you start to you know like hear from your agent, hear phone calls, like, hey man, people are noticing. They're they're we're, they're ready to talk. They they want to talk more about you. I, I always tell people I've been doing this since I was eight. I've been playing the same. I've been consistent my whole life. So um, not I'm not um, surprised that I've I've accomplished what I've accomplished. But uh, teams have been reaching out. Um, or I've heard scouts saying they um, they like me and things like that. But uh, nothing concrete. Yet, no promises made. Um, just you know, uh, say that they they've been watching me and like what they what they see. So I, I'm I'm just waiting. You know, for the next opportunity and, and staying ready so I don't have to get ready. So I'll be ready for it if and when it does come around. But I, I just plan, stay, I plan on just staying consistent and being being the person I am and controlling what I can control. I, I got to imagine it wouldn't be – I mean, like, you know, the season just ended and, like, NFL camp's open in just a couple of weeks. Um, would you be ready to go? Would you be ready to say, hey, man, yeah, I I, I can go out there. I This is what I do for a living. Wear and tear, be damned. Let's go. Absolutely. I can play in the game right now if you needed me to. Wow. But I, I'm ready to go. That But the short time isn't – a factor to me if anything keeps me in shape and uh no downtime and i'm just constantly in it. but I, I am ready i'm healthy i'm blessed i'm happy and i'm ready for the opportunity he is darius victor the former towson tiger he's with us here on gcr um darius the experience for you in the usfl um this is the first of these you know spring leagues that we've seen that's actually made it through to to crown a champion um unfortunately the last couple for various reasons weren't able to do that what was what was the experience like for you? Do you feel like it's it's a viable thing that that could continue in in the spring and can be an option for more guys in years to come? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a great opportunity, uh, a blessing to be exact. Um, just having that opportunity to, to showcase um, your abilities, have because you know most a lot of guys can play football. You know the talent drop off isn't that far. There's a few players here and there that are better than others, but the mass majority is, you know, guys can play football, and then just having that, that the, the another option other than the NFL, CFL, things like that, just just helps everyone out, and everyone loves football. So the more football, the better. So I think it's a great idea, and I think it's going to go on for years and years to come. Um, and who doesn't love football year round? So yeah, it, it right. just it all makes sense to me. Was there anything about the league where you were like, dude, the NFL should start doing this immediately, or other levels of football should start doing this immediately because this was a lot of fun? Um, I, I enjoyed the, you know, the access, like the helmet cams and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that was pretty fun. I'm um, just seeing what I, I'm running the ball, but just seeing it on the helmet camera it was just the yeah, it's, cool. It's experience. cool, right? So I think that, yeah, I think things like that, you know, just makes the game funner. So little things like that here and there um, could make the NFL a little more interactive. Yeah, you, you obviously know what it's like to have that vision, but the rest of us that have no athletic ability will never understand <laughs> what that's like. So it's kind of cool to see that um, and, and get an idea of what it feels like to be Darius Victor. Um, you know, you in, in making this jump, what is it that, that you would say, hey, Here's specifically, here's what it is that teams should see about me and why it is that you should be giving me another shot to get back into the NFL. Uh, I'm just a football player. I play special teams. Uh, 
I'm running down there, making tackles. I'm blocking. I'm a great teammate. I'm a great leader. Um, just a guy who picks up the playbook really fast. You can ask anyone about me, uh, players, coaches, uh, scouts, whatever. Just they, Everyone has good things to say about me. So I'm a guy that's not, quote-unquote, taking a chance. It's just more of a short thing, you know. So uh, not just running the football, but just the person, the man that I am. And, uh, I think that if you picked me, you wouldn't have any problems on and off the field and just – It'll be a good idea if you ask me. I, I agree with, and we know what a good dude you are. We know that uh, for sure that you would be a wonderful representative of any franchise. Darius, you know your 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 willingness to grind because a lot of guys you would say, "Look, man, I'm just not interested. I'm 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 doing something else in my life." And I've I've talked to guys that are like that. Like I don't want to go somewhere where I'm not not making that much money. I just go get a job. I'll move on. I'll do whatever it is that I'm doing. Your willingness to grind for your dream. Does any of that come from? your own background, like that things have not been easy for you and your family in your life. And you're willing to take the, the hard road a little bit more and and go after it and play in a, a spring league and continue to push and scratch and claw. Does any of that come from your own family history? Um, I, I think I was raised to be tough. And, you know, I've been through a lot of obstacles, like you said, mm-hmm. um, and I always tell myself, I, I tell people, I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in Africa somewhere, you know, probably dead or fighting a war, whatever the case may be. But the the fact that I have this opportunity, it's, it's up to me to make the most of it. Um, and I always say, journeys are free, grind so separately. So it's just that mindset that I, I told myself when I was young, and, and it's just it's it's paving it's paving its way, and it's going to work itself out, you know. In due time, all things will fall into place, but. Like I said, I just got to worry about controlling what I can control. I, I know what I want. I know what I'm capable of. God's blessed me with all the ability. And it's up to me just to, you know, complete complete what, what he gave me. So, but I'm I'm available. I'm ready. And, and, and I'm hungry. And I'm and I'm not, I don't ever shy away from some hard work or, you know, taking a long road. Would, would you go back and, and do it? Like if, if you know, whether, whether you get a look, it just doesn't work out, whatever the reason is, if you were to find yourself next spring – not on an NFL roster, would you be – I mean, you're the reigning player of the year in the league. Would you be willing to go back and do it again? Would it work for you within your life that you'd say, hell yeah, I can – I want to keep playing football? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love football. I always tell people I would play football for free if you paid my bills and gave me food. Wow. So it's, it's not something that, I, you know, I enjoy doing and I'm very passionate about. So uh, absolutely, I would love to – you know, if I, if I wasn't in the NFL, whatever the case might be, I would love the opportunity to play in the USFL again. Because it's football, I love football. It's the greatest thing on earth. That's so. cool, man. That's real. I mean, it's dude. I I wish I wish I had the skill set to be able to do it, man. Like, um, it's cool to hear you talk about just the passion that you have for the game. All right, let's get to the important stuff, Darius. Tell me the thing you miss most about being at Towson University. Tell me about like the place that you would order food from late at night that like you kind of craved over. Give me the single things that you miss most about being at Towson I, University. I, I, I miss the people first and foremost, but uh, like uh, my teammates, coaches, and just, just the atmosphere. But if you're talking about food, I just miss Towson hot bagels. Uh, I mean, just, I've been all around the world and the bagel hasn't hit, a, hit it as good as THB. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. So, so I, 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 every time I chance I get a search for bagel places, I go there and it's like nothing can be as good as Towson Hot Bagels. So you, weren't you playing like when you were in the XFL? Weren't you playing for the New York team for a little bit? Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, they had us in New, New, in New Jersey, Mile New Jersey. Okay, all right. Uh, 
New York Guardians. All right, all right. So it wasn't quite the same. I was about to say, are you really putting THB over New New York Bagels? My God, man, that is a that is a statement. <laughs> that is that is something to say. I, I think we've all we've all spent um, quite a few dollars over the years over at THB in our lives. That has happened a time or two. So, Darius, give me an idea. What do the next few weeks look like for you? Just you know, what do do you go somewhere to train? Do you do you have to go, you know, go work somewhere until you get the call? Like, what does it look like until the next opportunity comes along? I'm I'm going to just train and stay in shape and get ready for a call because since it's such a short turnaround, uh, about a month, so um, I'm going to uh, hopefully I get a call and, I, and I'll be ready for it and try to just, you know, hit the ground running. Uh, so I'm going to do that, and if not, nothing happens, uh, probably – go back to work, something like that. But uh, I always get a job whenever I'm not, whenever I'm not playing football. But since I, it's a short, a short turn, turnaround, yeah. training camp start, I just want to uh, focus on training. It's so kind, of, kind of tough to commit to something. When you're like, hey, by the way, I might have to bounce in like a week yeah, and a half. That, <laughs> that, that always sucks. That's the worst part about, you know, you know, living a life like mine, you know, leaving – jobs and stuff like that so oh i know it's it's there's it's incredibly difficult to do i hope that you've got you know people that understand they're like hey bro we get it this is the nfl we want you (laughs) to pursue those opportunities some some people do some don't but it's okay it's all right i mean right i get it i get some people are like hey man no offense but like we we need somebody (laughs) we can't have you running away that's not the way it goes um and then give me an idea are there there guys that you've stayed in touch with that have that are trying to do the same things like any of your former teammates from here at towson that um, you know, over the years you've, you've continued a relationship with and that you talk to as, as they're trying to still continue to pursue their own dreams? Uh, I, I talked to all of my guys from Towson, um, but someone in a similar, you know, place right now, probably be my little bro, uh, Shane Simpson. Yep. You know, he's, yeah. So he's, he's trying to, you know, get signed, stay on and work out, stay ready for the call. But, um, a few guys um, trying to still play football, but yeah, I would. One that comes to mind right away would be Shane Simpson. Man, Shane, I know it killed him to not be able to finish his career at Towson. It just broke his heart because he was going to stick it out and, and play another year, but of course, the pandemic and the yeah. whole thing. But man, he, dude, that guy, that guy can play, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 there is sure. no doubt about it. Um, Darius, it's so great to catch up with you, bro. We're so happy to see the success that you found in the USFL, and we can't wait to find out what's next. Let's get um, uh, social media plugs in. Remind me, Twitter, Instagram, where can Towson fans be giving you a follow? Oh, man, uh, it's been the same for years. Uh, at Y-U-N-G-V-I-T-O-V on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I love you guys, man, and just hit me up whenever. Hey, bro, I, I, I'm still the same guy, you know. So about you all, and, and you really have. You've always been good to us, and we always enjoy chatting with you. We're excited. I got to tell you, man, there are times where I literally find myself questioning what your name is because I just convinced myself that you're Darius Vito. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Vito's my middle name, but yeah, Darius Vito Victor. Uh, that's and you can give him a follow again at Young Vito V on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, bro. I so happy for you. Thank you for taking the time for us do continued success and health to you wherever this leads next i i i personally i hope it's not the steelers but i i get it it, it might be that's just the way that it works we'll root for you no matter what all right appreciate you man thanks for having me that's darius victor uh who again was the offensive player of the year this year in the usfl when we come back in uh you might have heard of gunner henderson i've heard good things we're going to talk to him next. You know, he doesn't, he turns 21 tomorrow. He's still not even 21. 
We'll talk to him next. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambler.com help.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at m&t bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at baltimoreravens.com That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me right now you're listening to glenn clark radio all right back in here on gcr i had this is from brandon brandon said glenn appreciate your column about tony saragus and the ring of honor I'm not sure if I think he definitely needs to be in, but it's worth considering. One name you didn't mention when you talked about your the backlog was the name Jimmy Smith. Did you see Jimmy get referenced by Julian Edelman on the I Am Athlete podcast? I saw that going around, um, and so I did. I mean, after I saw the email, I did. I searched a little bit more. Um, Julian Edelman, I would play a lot outside with Jimmy. I was the outside receiver at that time. I was F. Me and Jimmy, I remember him, like, I trained over at Exos in L.A., and I remember him coming out, and he was really quick and in and out breaks, and I'm like, who's this dude? And then we started playing against each other, and that's when we were playing Baltimore, like, twice a year, so, like, we know each other. You know when you play teams a lot, I know your tendency, you know my tendency, so, like, this is what we're going to see, we're going to see who can win. 
So, like, there would be times he would win. He was a long guy. He was also kind of quick. He was patient at the line of scrimmage. He kind of knew how to. He knew. He kind of knew how to F me. Weird. I don't, there's got to be some context missing there. I won my battles, but he won his. We always played in important games against each other. High praise. High praise from Julian Edelman. He's a hell of a player himself. Um,. I like Jimmy Smith. I certainly don't think it would be a travesty for Jimmy Smith to be in the Ravens' ring of honor. I don't feel strongly about it. Um, good player. Really good player. I mean, we've talked a lot over the years about how drastically different the Ravens were with and without him. But there's nothing individually that stands out that says this is why he would have to be there or why I would campaign for Jimmy Smith to be a ring of honor guy. I would almost say Ladarius Webb-like. Good player. Really glad he was a Raven for a long time. But I don't think he needs to be given the highest honor a team gives. Um, I like Jimmy Smith. I'm really glad he was a Raven for a long time. Put but Chris McAllister in over Jimmy Smith? I think Chris McAllister would be more deserving, yes. And I made I did campaign for Chris McAllister for a long time. But I've listened to the argument about, you know, he was a distract. Like, th- there is something to be said for the other side of the conversation. I don't know. Let's switch gears. Let's talk some, uh, let's talk some baseball. Let's talk some Orioles. Let's talk some Norfolk Tides. This man... Just continued to rake since he got his promotion to AAA, and he doesn't even turn 21 until tomorrow. Shares a birthday with our own Griffin Bass. Joining us now, one of the top prospects in all of baseball, he is Gunnar Henderson, and he's back with us on GCR. Gunnar, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you as always, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Hey, dude. Happy birthday. Um you got like you got like plans for the week. I know you got to play some baseball, but you gonna be able to do anything to celebrate a little bit? Uh, yeah, my uh my girlfriend came into town, so uh, we're gonna go out and have a have a nice dinner tomorrow. And, nice. Uh, outside of that, just be playing baseball. So. Yeah, I get it. I get it. that's that's the part that matters. <laughs> I understand that. Um, are, are, how does this work when you're celebrating your 21st, but you're in the middle of a baseball season? Like, do you get to enjoy? Uh, even like a drink maybe having like a glass of wine at dinner tomorrow night or do you even have to say to yourself like nah I, I can't even i just can't even do any of that right now yeah i probably probably won't like any of it because this will be my this will be my first time so, really uh, yeah like okay never. all right hang on a second uh, understand nobody's going to judge you please understand that is yeah. that a straight shoot that you've never you never had a drink no no sir not wow. yet so uh wow so you don't even know like what you're into. You don't even know what no. you would like. It's going to be a rough draft to uh, <laughs> to figure out if any of it is any good, which I doubt it. But uh. <laughs> you know, the irony is tomorrow night is wind down Wednesday with the Norfolk Tides. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, celebrate with $5 wine specials at the ballpark tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that, I think I'll be uh, think I'll a little be busy. Yeah, a little busy. Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, uh, happy birthday. Uh, Gunner, you take me through. You get the call up, you, you end up at Norfolk um, at, at, a, at such a young age. D- does it. Does it hit you at all like, oh, my God, I'm 20 years old and I'm a level away from living out the dream? This does not happen for people like this typically. I mean, ever since I was growing up, this is what I wanted to do. So I hadn't really taken my age into account of it. I just go into each level just trying to learn as much as I can about each one and just uh, put myself in the right positions to succeed. And um, 
especially like during the 2020 year when I got to go, I was fortunate enough to go to the alt site. I got to face these type of guys. So I know I can already, I know I can do it. And, uh, just going out there each and every day and just, uh, being as consistent as I can. I mean, are, are you, what's the biggest adjustment? Yeah, obviously the success has followed you. You've continued to just, you know, hit unbelievably well since making the jump up. But what's the biggest difference for you? A lot of people talk about the fact that when you get to AAA, you're facing like really major league pitchers, guys that have been there, guys that are definitely going to be there. Have you felt that? Have you had to change anything in your approach as you've made that jump? Uh, well, these guys, they, uh, they, de- they have control of three different pitches now. So, and they can throw that for strikes in any count. So I feel like just being more prepared on the, uh, scouting reports that we have, just really diving into what they have and, um, what they feel comfortable with. I feel like that's a really big step because, um, you just really got to hone in on what you do well and try to eliminate what they do well. So it's, uh, it's really fun to be able to kind of have that cat and mouse game, but um, look forward to doing it each and every week. He is Gunnar Henderson. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Gunnar, you've you've continued to be split in time, shortstop, third base, as you've gotten the the next level. I know Jordan's still there as well. I I, I guess let me start with that because we actually just talked to Jordan a, a couple of weeks ago. How cool is it that this continues with you guys? Like this really is setting up to be one of the more special stories. Like your friendship, your relationship, the kind of the way that you guys have been interchangeable positionally. Like how how neat was it that you got the call at the exact same time and you were able to keep doing this thing together? Yeah, it's really awesome. I feel like it's a it's a testament to the work and the uh, just the friendship that we have. I mean, we um, we always just help each other no matter what, and um, just being able to have two sides of the spectrum. Like I'm from high school, and then he came out of college, so. It's really cool to be able to see the uh, different dynamics, but we um, mesh really well. And just being able to get the call up at the same time was really awesome because um, I've been playing with him ever since I pretty much started pro ball outside of the GCL year. And uh, just being able to work my way up all the way and uh, hopefully to the big leagues. Can you just um, give, that'd be really awesome. What what has that done most for you as a player? How has that relationship impacted you directly on the baseball field? Yeah, I mean, uh, on the baseball field, I mean, it's like we we know what each other are thinking uh, throughout the game. So um, if he's at second base and I'm at short or if he's at short and I'm at third, we know um, we've communicated a lot. So we know pretty much what each other is going to do on the field. So uh, as plays happen, we uh, know where the other person will be. So I feel like that really helps out on the baseball field. I think we've talked, you know, like you and I have probably talked f- six times in the last few years. And I feel like every time we talk, we talk about position. And I, I think, you know, I keep, I keep thinking to myself, at some point, the Euro is going to say, nope, this is where you're playing. We want you to work here every day. And yet it's, it still hasn't happened to this point. Are we, is it possible that I'm missing and that this could continue, that, that you could get to the major league level and be playing multiple positions and the interchangeability could be something like we we've just never seen this before it feels like typically we know where someone's going to play by the time they get to the big league level yeah uh i mean whichever way uh help us win a championship i'll do whichever and uh yeah i mean who wouldn't want to play uh multiple positions but like i said i mean whichever way will help our team win i'll be more than happy to do it 
you know, it's 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 a wild thing. And it, it, obviously, I, I can only imagine it's it's helped you make make you feel stronger, more complete as a baseball player to be getting so much experience at two different spots, right? It's, yeah. Yes, sir. Gunnar Henderson with us here on GCR. Again, the Tides are home this week. I mentioned Wine Wednesday is tomorrow night. Tonight, if you just happen to be down that way, Meredith from the office is making an appearance at Harbor Park. Kate Flannery herself will be there. Um, it's a great week to be checking out. If you're headed down for uh, 4th of July this weekend, maybe going to be down in the Virginia Beach area, Star Wars night coming up this weekend. Um, so many amazing events, fireworks, Margaritaville night. <clears throat> Have you seen the, uh, the jersey that you guys are wearing for Margaritaville night, by the way, Gunnar Henderson? Uh, I have not yet. I'm oh my! Interested to see what it's going to look like. Oh, it's <laughs> going to be electric. It's going <laughs> to be electric. Uh, so many great events. You can find out more at NorfolkTides.com. Uh, Gunner, I'm going to guess that you guys are uh, keenly aware of what's going on in Baltimore right now and how absurdly hot the Orioles have been of late. Um, do Do you start to think that like there's the opportunity that you could be involved? this season in like a playoff race do you allow your mind to wander to that at all uh i don't but um i mean when if that happens i'll be really happy because uh (laughs) i've always wanted to be in baltimore at playoff time just going back to the uh previous year videos especially the 14 uh playoff game i mean that was really awesome to be able to watch that wait so you're i'm guessing you're referring to the delman young uh you've you've gone out of your way to like watch that and live that can you give me the content why why do you know about the delman young day i mean i've seen uh so many videos just like replayed over and over about it and just uh honestly the fan base there just seeing how well they were uh with that team and just um packed out camden yards and uh shoot i mean who wouldn't want to be in that uh that situation i I have been to football games where there are a hundred thousand people there and i swear to god i've never heard anything as loud as that stadium that day like it's the loudest i've ever heard anything in my life (laughs) yeah that that scene looked really awesome and that's what that's what i've been wanting to wanting to get to so it's it's been uh that's kind of been uh a little motivation for me as well it's just really wanting to get to that to not just that point, but be in that uh, setting and have the playoff race going on. Are you at all surprised? I mean, you know a lot of these guys, obviously. Clearly, you know Adley. You know, you know some of the other guys that are here. Um, and Kyle was up here for a minute. I know he's back down with you guys. But are are you at all surprised by what the major league team is doing right now, or did you kind of have a feeling like, dude, th- I know these players. They're a little bit closer than people realize they were. Yeah, no, I mean, I've got to see most of those guys come up, especially through the mini camp that we had and or the very beginning of 2020 and then spring training and off-site, just being able to see all those guys work. I knew it was only a matter of time and see the work that uh, they put in and it's ultimately starting to unfold and you see how, how well they can play right now. You are, as I mentioned, you're, but you're turning 21 tomorrow. You, uh, baseball prospectus just said you were the best prospect in all of the minor leagues at the moment. You, you know what people in Baltimore are talking about with you. When I was 21, I couldn't handle the pressure of getting up to go to class on a Thursday morning. How are you handling? You're, you're so even keel. Like you, 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 
How do you do it? How do you handle all of this pressure and all this attention that comes right now with being Gunnar Henderson? I feel like it's a testament to what um, the what my parents instilled in me back when I was a just going up through all the high school stuff, just um, really just to not let any of the, the outside noise get to you, just to continue to work. And like I said, this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. So I feel like that takes, that just uh, motivates me to do the best I can and just take it day by day and just uh, to really stay humble with it and just never, never let any of it get to my head. And I feel like I've done a really good job of that. And it's just a real testament to the, just everything my parents have instilled in me. The results certainly, you know, they, they bear that out. It's working. There's no question about it. Uh, all right, give me a priority. What, what is it that you still say, hey, before I get there, I want to make sure I'm, I'm comfortable doing this or I still want to do this better. What are the priorities for you as you continue at AAA this season? Honestly, just like you said, I'm, I mean, I'm still very young for this, this level. So just honestly, just really taking in everything, like facing uh, different facing lefties and then uh, different angles from righties, just being able to really hone in on every type of pitcher and just learn and uh, find out what works for me for each and every one. And I felt like I'm doing a really good job of that, starting to hit lefties well and um, just really being able to hone in on that. So I felt like just going in, learning as much as I can and finding the cues that work for me day in and day out. I mean, I, it, look, as well as things have gone so far, we have no doubt they're going to continue to go well for you. Gunnar Henderson, uh, again, if you're headed down this week, it's a great weekend to head down, maybe check out Virginia Beach, get to see the tides while you're down there, see Gunnar, see Jordan, see Kyle Stowers, and as we mentioned, Margaritaville night, fireworks all weekend. It's an awesome night. I'm guessing you guys are you're probably traveling on Monday, correct? So you probably don't get to have like a, a 4th of July celebration despite having the day off? Uh, I believe we fly on Monday and play that night. Oh, so you got it. It's going to be a pretty hectic oh, Monday. Oh, man, I didn't realize you guys had a game. Normally you guys are off on Monday. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I see they're giving you off on Tuesday, and I, I guess that yeah. makes sense. It's a good day for people to go to the ballpark. I understand. That makes a lot of sense. If you were, let's just say, in a world in which you did have the day off and you got to host the, the, the cookout on Monday, what would be on the grill? What would be on the menu for Gunnar Henderson's 4th of July barbecue? Fourth of July barbecue. Uh, I would just have to go standard some uh, some hamburgers. I mean, you get can't me. really go wrong with that. Brother, you burgers. Just yeah, get throw those on the grill and have a have a good time out you, there. So. You ain't gonna get me to say a negative word about it. You ain't gonna get me to say anything about it, man. Uh, gonna remind me, Twitter, Instagram. Where are Orioles fans giving you a follow? Uh, Instagram and Twitter. That's. That's honestly my only two social media platforms. So. It's it's G underscore Henderson two on Twitter, correct? That is correct for Twitter and Instagram. G underscore Henderson zero zero two. Give him a follow in those spots. Hey man, um, look. First of all, enjoy the birthday. Um, I I hope you find something that you enjoy <laughs> while you're out there. Yeah. I hope I hope there's something that you say. Hey, look, this this might be for me. I might be a red wine man. I might go enjoy a steak and a red wine in the future. Um, a happy birthday, continued success to you, and thank you as always for taking the time for us, man. We really enjoy these conversations. Thank you, and thank y'all so much for having. Gunnar Henderson, um, just just a step away, and continues to just mash. I mean, just absolutely mash. I saw these numbers, by the way. Hang on a second. This was 
Oh, I got to find it now. Damn it. Uh, Nathan Ruiz, 10 minutes ago, pointed out. Nope, sorry. That's not the one that I was looking for. Damn it. Oh, O's Observations. Here it is. O's Observations on Twitter. Gunnar Henderson, since May 1st, is hitting is his slash lines, 325, 447, 595, with nine home runs and eight stolen bases. Now, I get it. It's not likely that somebody's going to keep up those paces for 162 games, but he played that out and said, let's pace. Let's just say you take from, and by the way, it's, a, it's not a small sample size. This is the better part of two months that we're talking about. If you were to project those numbers out over 162 games, obviously the averages would all stay the same because that's the way that averages work. So it'd still be slashing 325, 447, 595. But it would involve 39 doubles, 32 home runs, 116 RBI, 123 walks. And he knows that there's still a lot he has to work on. Like he's saying, yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I got to see righties differently. I got to see lefties differently. 123 walks it's to 141 strikeouts. So he'd still probably want to cut down the strikeouts a little bit. Not nothing. Not like that's insane for a power hitter in baseball, but he'd want to cut that down a little bit. And 28 stolen bases. Now I get it. That's first of all, it's in the minor leagues. Second of all, it's a sample size in the minor leagues. It's not. It's not a major league season. But you can't help but get a little carried away in how Gunnar Henderson's role could be as we start talking about who are the, you know, what's Austin Hayes' role look like in all of this. Gunnar Henderson has the chance to be a particularly high-level player within the course of the Orioles' rebuild coming to fruition. Not just a piece, but the bat has been so good that you start thinking like, no, he could be even more than that. Like, for some reason, Ben Zobrist is what comes to mind when I and I, you know, I I don't I have to go back and double check on Ben Zobrist numbers. I don't know why it is that that's the first name that jumped to mind when I thought about that. But yeah, the the power numbers would be far more significant than Ben Zobrist if he were to be hitting thirty home runs. Actually, all the numbers would be more significant. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine all of the numbers. And again, that's it's a small sample size, so it's probably unfair. But imagine that. Man, who who is it? Who would be a more fair comparison? If he were to stick at third base, would it be Evan Longoria? Ooh, that would be. I don't think defensively. Evan Longoria was a special defensive third baseman, so that's probably a little bit unfair. Hmm. Um, Longoria's numbers, you know, at, at, at his height, he was hitting the neighborhood of 30 home runs per season. Never Devin Longoria never never hit three hundred. I'm actually a little bit surprised by that. I would have expected that he had at least he had two ninety four. Chipper Jones. God, I mean that's that's <laughs> absurd. I mean that's I know I shouldn't. I, you do know that. who that's... do we have? I feel like we had maybe Jim Bowden on, and Stan was talking about a comparison with Chipper Jones because Jim Bowden is also absurdly high on Gunnar Henderson, just ridiculously high on him. And Jim Bowden was like, "Yeah, he's up on off." <laughs> Like, we're not going there. Ch- Chipper Jones once hit 364. Holy cow. Once hit 364. Get 45 homers? Well, that was in 1999. Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand. But he still <laughs> was, I mean, a couple years after that, he was. Still hitting thir- high yeah, 30s. I get it. I get yeah. it. You would say, hey, the time. The, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. That probably matters. He hit 364, though, in 2008. 
In 2008, that deep in his career is in a 364. So he was like, let's ease up on Chipper Jones, but really good. Like, really, really good. Um, it's hard not to get carried away. Hard not to get carried away when you think about Gunnar Henderson. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Speaking of Stan, he and Luke did a, a special show last night on Facebook Live. Sort of just getting caught up talking baseball. You can find that right now. Facebook.com slash Sports. PressBoxOnline.com slash video or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, so, yeah, the big news out of last night, the Orioles clinched their first winning month since August of 2017. That is a thing that happened. Yes, and so that actually they actually ended that month, August 2017, on a seven-game winning streak, um, and the last win of that win streak actually being in Seattle, uh, oddly enough, on August 30th of 2017. Okay. They were 68 okay. and 65 at the time. Uh, how many of the starting nine in that lineup do you think you could name? In, in 2017? Yes. Um, I mean, that was still, you know, Adam Jones. That was still... Yes, he was. 17 would have still been... Um, oh, boy. 17... Would you like to know who started? The pitcher, you mean? Yeah. Uh, sure, you or can you tell want, me. Yeah, yeah. No. You, bo- you want to try, I guess? No, I, mean, I know, I know yeah, now yeah. you started to say you bought him. Yeah. I mean, that again, like 17, it was still mostly the core was still together. Because we didn't realize how bad mm-hmm. they were. They were three games above 500 entering September. Right. So, I mean, we're still talking about Manny Machado. Yes. We're still talking about 17, I think, is still J.J. Hardy? No. Sorry, I clicked away. He was gone. Scope, for sure. Yeah, Hardy was not, Hardy was not yeah, in the lineup. Yeah, Scope, though. Yes, Scope was. Um, Machado, Jones, Scope. That was uh, your That was your 2-3-4 right there. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the... Now I got to remember who specifically was there in 2017. Yeah. Uh, Chris Davis, of Chris course. Chris Davis, yes. Davis batting sixth. Um, oh God, was Trey Mancini up by that point? Yes, he was. Okay. Trey Mancini was playing left field. Okay. On August 30th, 2017. Now it's going to get hard, right? He's batting fifth, ahead of Chris Davis. Yeah, there's a couple. Trumbo was Trumbo. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Trumbo, Trumbo. Designated hitter. Batting seven. Uh, Seth Smith. No, not Seth Smith. Caleb Joseph. Caleb Joseph uh, didn't start, but he did come in to uh, relieve so the catcher. So then Wellington Castillo. Yes, Wellington Castillo went four for four in this game at three RBIs. Okay, <laughs> and and you're missing, missing the leadoff guy but, and the nine. Can you give me positions? Oh, uh, he was playing shortstop. Shortstop and the right fielder. Shortstop. The right fielder, I'm not it sure. Wasn't Ryan get. Flaherty? Was no, it? No, it wasn't. Shortstop, I think you should get. I should get. Nah, I mean it's tough. I think. Well, I think he was new this year in he was, 2017. He was new, and he was he was he was he was good in 2017, then bad in 18. Good in 2017. Good in 2017. Bad in 18. I don't know. We don't. We're running out Tim of time. Beckham. Oh, Tim Beckham. Tim Beckham let it. off and All batting right. ninth. Your right fielder. He hit a home run. Craig Gentry. Craig Gentry. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I don't really remember Craig Gentry being an Oreo. I mean, I do, but I definitely wouldn't have gotten that. Had All a, right, had a sack bunt. It's good. Uh, by the way, thanks for nothing. You told me you were going to get me the answer, and you didn't. Oh wait, wait, wait. I actually do have it because they mentioned it on the broadcast. Yeah, well, uh, it was and, uh, Andrew Stecka sent it to me. Oh uh, yeah, it was forty-three at bats yeah, uh, against 40, forty-three the consecutive batters that the Orioles went in games at T-Mobile Park without allowing a hit before Cal Raleigh hit the home run on the only runner pitch. to reach base in that span was on a drop. Yep, third that's a, that's a fact. So that goes back to the John Means no hitters. We were talking about that yesterday. 
All right. Uh, very good. Here's coming up Totally Tubular. Totally Tubular brought to you by the Print Issue of Press Box. Our Salute to Coaches issue, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. They have hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. John Harbaugh on the cover as we celebrate his 15th season as an NFL head coach, which is still a rarity. Uh, also inside, we recognize other coaches who are approaching or surpassed milestones recently in the area, like Navy's Kenny Amatololo, UMBC's Pete Karinji, Maryland's Sasha Sorovsky, and Missy Maharg, Polly's Kendall Peace, as well as Mount St. Joe's Pat Clatchy, and recently retired coaches like Johns Hopkins, Janine Tucker, and Calvert Hall's Lou Eckrell. Go get it for free today, the Salute to Coaches issue of Press Box, which is available, again, at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Dean Kramer, Robbie Ray, the pitching matchup tonight on Masson 2, Orioles-Mariners at 10 o'clock. Masson for Pirates-Nationals at 7, MLB Network, Tigers-Giants at 9.30, TBS, Astros-Mets at 7. Uh, ESPN, Wimbledon coverage continues right now. Rafael Nadal's been in a bit of a tussle so far today. Um, coming up a little bit later on, parts 3 and 4 of 37 Words, which is their Title IX documentary. That's tonight at 8 and 9 o'clock. And then a friendly between the U.S. women and Colombia at 10 o'clock. ESPN2 for the Atlanta Dream and Washington Mystics at 7 tonight. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Not a ton. Superman and Lois on the CW, season 2 finale. I did not know it was a thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, James Corden's still out in London. He's got Vin Diesel on and Ed Sheeran. Okay. <laughs> Sure, package deal. And then Steve Carell will be on Jimmy Fallon. All right, that's that's rough. Rough, rough. It is rough. Rough evening. Deadliest Catch at 8, dude. Is that people like that? That's a show people like. Okay. It's not for me, but I don't know. I don't think I would hate it, actually, if I watched it. Catfish is on MTV, and followed by mm -hmm. Team Mom. No, no, it's going to be a no. It's going to be a no for me, dog. All right, uh, thanks today to Gunnar Henderson. Thanks also to Darius Victor. Thanks to Matt Hamilton. And thanks to Connor Orr from SI. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. And on the program tomorrow, uh, hopefully a stop at, stop at Bowie. <laughs> cool. Uh, Drew Forrester will join us. It's a big, a big sell for the Wednesday program. <laughs> Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, your Baltimore Orioles and your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. If you are with us on video, give us a minute. Go back to where you started, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, the press box page. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. We'll be right back with Simply the Bets. And welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 
we will head down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. The general manager, Leon Twyman, will join us in a bit. Talk about big fight night coming up on Saturday night. Talk about some of the crazier bets he's seen come in this week. And uh, we'll talk to Aaron Oster out in Vegas here in just a minute. Get his five L's of sports betting for the week. That's coming up here on Simply the Bets. Simply the Bets, of course, is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, which is the place to be, always the spot for you to watch all the big events like UFC 276 on Saturday night. Israel Adesanya, Jared Cannonier, huge fight. Great atmosphere, and it's going to be packed. So if you want to make sure you got a table or you got your reclining chairs, the, the biggest events are big football games, big basketball games, big fights. Those are the events that drive the largest crowds to the FanDuel Sportsbook. So you want to make sure that you've got a place to sit because there's always room. You can always stand in the bar area or wherever if you just want to go watch the fight, get your bets in. But if you want to guarantee you and your crew has a spot, email events at sportssocialmd.com right now in order to do that. Let's head out to Vegas. Uh, Griffin, unfortunately, I did not get that email that uh, you alleged to have sent yesterday. Okay. I'll but I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell me more. Uh, let's okay. talk to our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN out in Las Vegas. Aaron, what's going on, pal? How are you? I'm um, doing well, doing well. A little bit of a cold streak, though. Yeah. Uh, did not do well on the picks last week. Mm. It's overall mm. in a bit of a cold streak, but you got to learn to roll with them when they come, and hopefully you find your way out on the other side. Ah. Well, I would like to talk about it, but I actually I didn't. I didn't. I, it's, it's a failure on both ends. I did not have your results. Ooh. Yeah, you didn't. You like the over nine and a half in a three nothing game. That's not. Uh, yeah, that's that's not. Uh, Eric, that's you not know, the Orioles somehow made Eric Fetty look good. That was a that's weird bet. Well, it's the it's the only it's the only pitcher that's had any success against them. In uh, Dylan, again, really Dylan, weird bet. Dylan Cease actually had some success. Uh, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, the hell of a job on the NBA draft. By the way, hell of a job yep. on that. Oh boy, this was not a good week. No, <laughs> they're not like a said, good week. Little cold streak. Yeah, a little bit of a cold streak. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> well. Um, let's get into it. Let's. The, that's all you can do is a better. When things don't go okay. your way, you just get right back to work. You just get right back to work. Uh, five bets: local bet, long shot, long term. Loser and a lovable bet for the week. We begin locally. What do you like? Uh, so obviously looking at the Orioles-Mariners game today. And I'm actually looking at the uh, total for the first five innings of the game. Ooh. Uh, both Dean Kramer and Robbie Ray, who are the two pitchers today, have been really lights out over the last few starts. Robbie Ray, obviously, last year's uh, Young Award. He started off slowly, but has finally rounded into form. He's been really good over his last three starts. And, Tim Kramer's been great. Yeah. Since, uh, small sample size. we got to keep saying that. Small sample size. but Small sample size, yes. But he's been great early on. Plus, you have the Mariners starting to deal with all of those suspensions after those brawl. They will have a little bit of a limited lineup today. And uh, I'm not quite as confident as the full game today. Not quite as confident in either bullpen. But, uh, I don't yeah, know why you wouldn't be confident in the Orioles' bullpen. It's like the greatest assembly. It's like the four horsemen out there. My God, <laughs> the Orioles' bullpen is insane. But uh, there are two sides to it. Oh, that Okay, that's fine. So uh, I, do, I could see this game start to pick up after the starters depart. But if you're looking just at the first five, the uh, total is four and a half. 
I really like the under in that one. So give me uh, under four and a half in the first five innings, laying minus one forty-four. All right, under, under. What? Is, give me the number one more time. Under four and a half in the first five innings. All right, under four and a half for the first five innings is the number that Aaron likes. I. I don't have a thought on that. Like it's so random to me. I, the Orioles' bats are so red hot that, like, I don't know what to say. I get it though; they're facing Robbie Ray. I understand. I I certainly understand mm-hmm. why you'd like the under in that situation. All right, let's move on. Uh, give me the long term. Give me the futures bet that you like so bad for this week. All right, this one's a bit of a speculation play, okay. and, and I can't believe I, I'm saying this because I'm trying to get out ahead of a possible Baker Mayfield move in a positive way. And that sounds weird to say, but right now the Seahawks' win total is 5.5. Last year they went 7-10, and 10 and that was with, it was with Russell Wilson, but for most of the season it was with a very banged-up, very limited Russell Wilson, and they managed to win seven games. Right now they look like a bad team because right now they might have Geno Smith starting for them. If, though, they get Baker Mayfield, who, with all of his warts, is a competent quarterback, they do have a team around them that can absolutely get some wins here, especially with a total as low as five and a half. They also have a really favorable schedule. Uh, Four of their home games are against the Falcons, Panthers, Giants, and Jets. So all you have to do is pick off, you know, they're going to be favored in all of those games. They'll be favored in a couple others. They play the Lions on the road. Um, and then, you know, pick off a couple of the division games because the NFC West always does that, no matter how good or bad teams are. So as long as they have a competent quarterback there, which, again, I do believe Baker Mayfield is at least a competent quarterback, I could absolutely see them going over 5.5 and, and getting around that 7-10 and 10 number that they were last year. But what is, why is it that you feel that Baker Mayfield ends up in Seattle? Well, that's where all the buzz is right now. First of all, it's just about the only uh, like, spot that makes sense for him at the moment. There is a lot of smoke out there that they are interested in him. They've done their homework. And there's even been talk, uh, I believe it was late last week, that the Seahawks are even willing to pay him. They would uh, give him an extension on the contract if they traded for him, which I don't know if I agree with if I'm the Seahawks, but that report is out there. Um, I don't think the Panthers end up, uh, when all is said and done, I don't think it makes sense for the Panthers. Why? Like, even if the Panthers have Baker Mayfield, they're not going to be anything. Like, I don't even think they get to the seven wins the Seahawks could get to. Sort of but with DK Metcalf, with Tyler Lockett, with the team around them, I think the Seahawks could use a real quarterback. Well, I, I think a, a lot of teams could use a real quarterback, but I, I oh man. I, okay, I have two. I have two thoughts to this. One, I couldn't. I couldn't. I know what you're trying to do, and I couldn't make this bet. I feel like there was a lot of Baker Mayfield Seattle buzz that happened in the last week because of this tweet that went around that said that the Seahawks had made live a Baker Mayfield Seahawks jersey in their team store briefly on the website that everybody yeah. found out afterwards was completely fake. That that was not a thing. That wasn't real, and I know there's a story up about that at uh, Pro Football Talk today. So I Correct. feel like that there was this all this. Baker Mayfield Seattle buzz that had been generated because of that. And I, I think it's the other way. I think that thing was made, the, the fake was made after the buzz came out. So where did the buzz come from then? Like, there, there, like I said, there was a report. I can't remember who had the report. Um, it, was, it was one of the national reporters said that um, the Seahawks are interested and would even be interested oh, it was in just Cena. All right, I, I found it. Yeah. It was just Cena. Okay. I mean, that's, yep. I, I don't know. I guess that happened last weekend and I just sort of glossed over it. Um, all right. I mean, look, 
I, I get it. I would make the same argument. Though. The, the argument that you just made for Carolina, I would say the exact same thing. I, Seattle ain't winning that division with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. That ain't that ain't happening. Like they're in they're in a, a real rough spot in the division that yeah. they're in for Baker Mayfield to be their quarterback. I think it would be nuts for them to make such a commitment. Um, in a, in an odd way, I would what I would disagree about is that I think Carolina could at least say. Hey, if Tom Brady, Tom Brady somehow got hurt, or if he retires at the end of the year, we could win something in the next three years because that division is a disaster. Like, there's just nothing there, um, it, and other than Tom Brady, that's the only thing that exists in the NFC South is that one team has Tom Brady. But yes. you know, who knows what the future is of that? Baker Mayfield in three years in the NFC South. I mean could be the best quarterback by that point in that division. I'm not saying it will be, but it's possible. Whereas it's just, it's far more difficult to fathom that in the NFC West. So I don't know. I mean, look, I I still think the teams would be better off having a quarterback than not having a quarterback. I think it's a super weird bit that there are teams that will be going into the season without a quarterback. I get it. There's only so many of them. So in that way, sure. I mean, like they could do it, but boy, it would be a, it'd be very weird it's 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 weird to not have a quarterback. It's weirder to commit to someone as your quarterback that kind of immediately says we're we're waving the we're not going to be able to do this. We can't we can't really compete for something of significance. So it's tough. It's very tough. All right, let's move forward. Uh, your yep. your long shot bet. Sorry, long I remember. shot. Yes, yeah. your long your your long shot bet. I remember how to talk. Uh, <laughs> it's your underdog for the week. Who do you like? You know, this, this is the time of year now that basketball, now that hockey is over, and, and we just have baseball with, and some other stuff. I'll, I'll get to that in my uh, love a little bit later. Um, I really started diving into some of the more exotic uh, NFL markets, whether it's awards, whether it's uh, kind of prop bets overall. And um, one is jumping out to me as a long shot, and that's in the most passing yards in the regular season market. Uh, right now, Derek Carr is 12 to 1 mm. for most passing yards. And when you mm. look at most passing yards, you're either a Hall of Fame quarterback, Tom Brady won right. it this past year, Drew Brees won it like every year he was ever a quarterback, um, or there, there's kind of a formula to it. One, you're a strong arm quarterback, ding, for Derek Carr. B, you got weapons around you. You, you had that with. Jameis Winston, for instance, with uh, Godwin starting to break out that year and Mike Evans. Um, and obviously, now you have Devontae Adams. Yep. Uh, you have uh, Darren Waller. You actually have a pretty good receiving core there. The other thing that you see both in 2020 and 2019, when it was Jameis Winston and Deshaun Watson having the most yards, you're behind a lot yep. in these games. You're passing a lot. And I expect the Raiders, who don't have a great defense, to be behind in a lot of these games. I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Carr throws more than any other quarterback. This is just like, you know, Josh McDaniels is now the head coach there. So you kind of have a formula there where you can absolutely see Derek Carr, no matter how the Raiders do, put up a lot of numbers this season. So at 12 to 1, I actually really like this play. Okay. I don't I don't hate that one actually. I I like Justin Herbert, honestly, of that group because I know the Chargers got better defensively, but it just still feels like there's something about the Chargers they're going to be they're going to be throwing constantly. That's all they do is they throw. So I kind of like Justin Herbert there, but I, everything about Derek Carr makes sense. And at twelve to one, why not? It's so weird how those odds work. They have four quarterbacks at eight to one, 
four quarterbacks at 12 to one, two quarterbacks. Like it's just weird how the odds work for uh, most passing yards for this season. Stafford, Brady, Herbert, and Mahomes all eight to one. Then Burrow, Carr, Prescott, and Josh Allen at 12 to one. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson at 16 to one. All right, Aaron Oster is with us from VEASAN out in Vegas, giving us his five L's for betting this week on Simply the Bets. Next up, Aaron, give me the bet that you say don't, don't, do not do it, no matter how tempted you are. If a snake approaches you with this piece of fruit, say, no, I won't do it. What's your, what's your loser bet for the week? You know, it's getting a little harder to find these now that we're kind of past a lot of the sports where there would be prohibitive favorites that I could fade a little bit. But there's one that I think people are a little out of control about. Um, it's, a, it's a very long-term loser, uh, as the odds kind of just came out. Um, the Clippers are co-favorites to win the NBA title. I understand uh, they've why they've got they John start. Wall, dog. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know if you Wall. heard. That's <laughs> championship, baby. That's right. You get a and, and the odds actually moved at some books, like not significantly, but they've actually moved when John Wall was added. Which why? Yeah, it doesn't I make mean, any like, sense at all. There's, I can't get around it. It makes no sense. So yeah, it's like I, I understand the theory behind the Clippers. If everybody is healthy, if everything works together, well, then they're the Clippers. They have Kawhi, they have Paul George, yep. and everything. And I understand why they're have good, you know, have good odds. I just can't wrap my head around that they're equal to the Warriors, that they're equal to the Celtics, that they're equal to, you know, they are the co-favorites in the NBA, and I just, I think that's an overreaction by a lot of people. I think that's, you know, just kind of the books knowing that if they put them any higher, they will start to get slammed on them, just because, you know, the Clippers are a bit of a public team these past few years, and that's still weird to say, Clippers of a public team. Um so I don't think you're getting any value at all. Like, if you tell me the Clippers, if everything goes right for them, they win, okay, sure, maybe. At plus 600 as co-favorites, no, no, that that's a loser bet to me. Yeah. So, yeah, don't don't put your money on the Clippers. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I just don't think it's a good bet to make. I, 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 I'm with you in that I don't think it's impossible, and it is quiet. And it, you know what I mean? Like, they, there are reasons why you could talk yourself into it, but as far as it being a good bet, no. There's no way that the Clippers should have the same odds as those teams, as Giannis. There's just no way that the Clippers should have those odds, so I'm with you on that. And then uh, finally, the one that you love, the one that you say, cancel your vacation. Do not take that trip to the beach. Instead, take your trip. Move in to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Just don't even tell them you're going to do it. Just you know, bring like a sleeping bag, a nice book, and live there so that you can make this bet. Um, well, you started this segment talking about what a big weekend this is going to be at the FanDuel Sportsbook uh, because of USC 276. And, of course, I'm looking at that uh, Adesanya Kinnear hmm. fight. Mm. Um, Adesanya is awesome. I mean, there's, there's no way to get around that. Adesanya is just absolutely awesome. He's awesome to watch. And I wish you could just put a bet down on him to win, but at minus 380, eh. So what I'm looking to do here is find a, find a way to bet on Adesanya without laying the 380. And I'm going on a little bit of a limb here because I'm not simply betting a favorite or anything. But I think this uh, Adesanya ends up winning this via knockout or TKO. That's plus 190 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And even though Adesanya has been fighting to decisions lately, mm-hmm. you got to look at the style of the other fighter. Kananir is very, I don't want to say reckless, but extremely aggressive. He goes for the knockout, and he knows that if this fight goes the distance, 
Adesanya is probably going to win because Adesanya is just, he's too good of, of a strategic fighter. If this has gone the distance, it probably means that Adesanya has been dancing around. He's been getting the kicks in. You know, he's kind of been doing MMA's version of the Floyd Mayweather thing, which we've seen in the past couple fights for him. So I think Ken Neer is going to do everything he can to try to knock him out. And I think this is going to, he's going to leave himself open at some point in this fight for Adesanya to catch him with a knockout. He's not just Floyd. He absolutely can get the knockout. We've seen it uh, a little less uh, recently, but two of his past six fights have ended in knockout. And you also look at this kind of overall, you look at the full market for this fight. And when you're looking at the go the distance numbers, that it's a minus 136 for it to not go the distance to end uh, within the five rounds. And if you're assuming Adesanya... Yeah, he's not going to get a submission. Jesus. What's that? Why would he... I mean, like, he's not going to get a win by submission. Right, exactly. He's not going to get a win by submission. So you put all of those things together. I think plus 190 is really good value, and it wouldn't surprise me if that number gets lower, gets lower to plus 150, plus 140 by the time the fight starts. So, yeah. Adesanya by knockout or TKO plus one ninety. All right, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's one that I was because I, I do these videos for Live Casino and Hotel, and I was trying to find a way to make some money on this fight, and it's something that I was certainly exploring. But God, he's getting plus money on him going the distance when you know all he ever does is go the distance. is is it's tough. It's tough. It's tough for me when he's gone the distance in four of his last five fights and and six of his last eight to then look and say you can get plus money on him going the distance. Like, duh. yeah. To me, this is more just simply more. I hear you. It's canon here. I get it. Yeah. I I get your argument. I think it's a strong argument. I I absolutely get it. I just I don't know. I'm 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 leaning the other. The plus money on the thing that always happens just seems like I would be reckless to not do it that way. But I I hear you. I hear what you're saying. All right. Uh, what's coming up at Veasan? Uh, you know, even though it is kind of the, we're hitting the dog days of summer right now, we're still putting out plenty of content. We have daily MLB spreadsheets, betting trends, all sorts of stuff. Uh, all week on VEASAN, we're actually probably, uh, you know, several shows are having various hot dog eaters on to break down the hot dog Amen. odds Amen. on Monday, July 4th. And, you know, we have big stuff coming for UFC 276 betting guys. And you know what? NFL season right around the corner. It's never too early to start uh, – really investigating, break down those future markets. So check it all out on decent.com. All right, very good. At the AOster on Twitter. Appreciate you, pal. Hey, we're going to be off the next couple of weeks, um, but I'll be back in touch, and we're going to take a little bit of a summer break here, and then we'll be back with the Simply the Bets in a couple of weeks. So appreciate you, and we'll talk to you then, all right? Sounds good. Hope everyone has a uh, good summer betting. All right, that's Aaron Oster out in Vegas joining us here on Simply the Bets. When we come back in, we will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Leon Twyman, their general manager, joins us next right here on Simply the Bets. Hmm? Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, 
square off in the Charm City match, July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Actually, you're listening to Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. As you guys know, I the thing that I care about most is Wimbledon. That's what's happening in my sports betting life at the moment. Just taking a look at uh, futures bets for Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic is an overwhelming favorite to win on the men's side at minus 150. Rafael Nadal, of course, Djokovic has won the last three Wimbledons. Rafael Nadal, who won both the Australian Open and the French Open and is about to go up two sets in his first match, uh, he's sitting at plus 550. And then the third favorite is now Felix auger Aliassime. The reason why that's the case is because Matteo Berrettini has withdrawn from Wimbledon due to coronavirus which is staggering because Matteo Berrettini just returned a couple weeks back. And when he returned, he won his first two grass court tournaments. He made the finals at Wimbledon a year ago. He is a grass court specialist. But, and he was the second favorite. He actually had, he was number two. He was ahead of Rafael Nadal as far as odds to win Wimbledon. But he is out of the tournament. So Felix auger Eliassime is the third favorite. He's in an early tussle with the American Maxime Cressy. 
Then uh, Stefano Tsitsipas at 16 to 1, Carlos Alcaraz at 18 to 1. On the women's side, Iga Swiatek, who does not have a lot of success. Today she won just her fourth match all time at Wimbledon, but she's won six consecutive tournaments. She's been the overwhelming dominant player since Ash Barty's retirement. She's plus 145 to win Wimbledon. Ons Jabor is at plus 550. Simona Halep at 12 to 1. Coco Goff off her run to the French Open final is 14 to 1. And in action a little bit later on today, she's now 40 years old, but she's still the greatest player of all time. And who knows, as she returns to competitive tennis a year later, Serena Williams 26 to 1 to win Wimbledon. Those are some of the odds that are out there. Let's head down to the FanDuel Sportsbook. That's where our buddy, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is standing by. He's our pal, Leon Twyman. He's with us here on Simply the Bets. Leon, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man? So uh, if I were to show up at like 6 a.m. tomorrow to try to make Wimbledon bets on those 61 self-service kiosks, I know I'd be lonely, but how lonely would I be? Are there other weirdos like me who are coming in at odd hours to make Wimbledon bets? <laughs> you know, actually, um, when it comes to, to tennis, that's when you see um, a lot of those odd wagers come in as overnight or, or very early morning. So you most likely would not be alone. <laughs> All right. Is, when you say odd, is there one particular that's been put in that stands out to you that you're like, really? What, the, what are you doing there exactly, guy? You know, Honestly, I have not seen anything crazy come in okay. this week. All right. um, oh, well, that's disappointing. Yeah, I've been monitoring, I've been watching, waiting, and there's nothing that's been standing out that's been too crazy. Anybody who was a big winner this week? Anybody in particular who, uh, you know, you, you you had to grin and bear it because you just lost? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, we did have a, I think it was a $25,000 payout. But, wow. Uh, that was that was some parlays and, and whatnot. It wasn't a single bet, so someone definitely got lucky with that. Well, hey, man, do you know how many parts of the parlay it was? I believe it was 10. Shoo! Shoo! I, this, whenever I hear about one of the – Leon, whenever – because we do like a, a, a tidbit type of uh, – every now and then, um, you know, Griffin will pull out some crazy parlay that hit – and I'll say to myself, this has to be someone who plays lots of parlays, right? Like, there's just no way that you just wake, woke up one day and you were like, I'll randomly put these eight super nonsensical things together. Like, I feel like whenever I hear about somebody who hits a parlay like that, it's got to be someone, it's almost like playing the lottery for them. Like, they just put in parlays all the time and hope that one of them might work out. That, that's exactly what I think. I, you know, I agree. There's no way you just wake up and say, ah, you know what, yeah. this is going to hit. I'm gonna put this one parlay bet in, and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna wake up this morning. I'm gonna bet the uh, the the Phoenix Mercury. I'm gonna bet the Cubs. I'm gonna bet Scotty Scheffler. I'm gonna, like, there's just it's, you. You got to be someone who's just throwing stuff against the wall constantly in order for that to happen. Um, sure, I definitely want to see their uh, their win loss statement on that too. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. The, the odds. They're like, yeah, we hit on a twenty five thousand dollar parlay, which almost covers the amount of money we spent on parlay bet. <laughs> Uh, Leon, I know the big event this week is UFC 276 on Saturday night, and I keep reminding people when when it comes to big fights and Israel Adesanya in action on a holiday weekend, that qualifies as a big fight on Saturday night. Um, I'm guessing you guys are expecting a pretty big crowd. We are expecting a very big crowd, um, especially with this being a bigger fight, for sure. Uh, UFC always brings in a huge crowd late at night. Definitely want to reserve those seats uh, before you get here because they fill up 
very quickly. And the way to do that is to email events at sportssocialmd.com, events at sportssocialmd.com, if you want to reserve your spot for the fight. And give me an idea what types of bets are available for UFC 276 on Saturday. So you can bet, obviously, just straight out win. Um, but there are other bets that you can do, like method of victory. So with that, you can do uh, by points, KO, TKO, submission. Um, you can do the draw as well, which the draw usually always brings out a lot more money because you're not going to really see a draw in a big fight like that. So right. 50 to 1 odds on that. Yeah, um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't make that bet. <laughs> I just yeah. wouldn't do that. That's just donating money at that yes, point. Yes, correct. Which, by the um, way, Leon would not mind. Leon would say, if you <laughs> yeah. feel like you want to donate some money, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all about it, for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, but you also have, will the, will the fight go the distance? Yep. Um, that's, a, that's a no question. Uh, you have um, the method and round combo. So basically, you can bet the method of win um, and which round that method of win will, uh, will actually hit in. And then you also have, um, you know, decision, which is obviously like that's, that's going to be, you know, no bet. Um, that's a void if you, if you choose that, if it goes to the draw, um, depending on the method of fight that you're doing. Right. You have TKO and round combo. You can do submission and round combo. Uh, you can just do round betting in general. Um, if you don't know if it's going to be like a method of win, so you can just say that someone's going to win in a particular round anyway. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just choose a round. So there's there's a lot of a lot of ways to actually do that, and you can also do um, just for the fight in general. No no card, no fighter. Doesn't matter who it is, but the fight will end with either a KO or TKO, a submission, or by points. You can do that for any of the fights on the card. And again, it's a great card. It's not just the Adesanya Cannoneer fight. It's Volkanovski and Holloway. It's Sean O'Malley in action. Lots of good fights on this card. UFC 276 coming up on Saturday night. He is... Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to bet that Sean O'Malley fight. I, I usually dip oh. uh, out on that, but... He always brings in a good crowd, man. It's always fun watching this fight. You say you got you got a little advice on how you might be betting that? <laughs> you want to pass it along to your boy? Because I mean, I like I the obvious thing is to bet him to win the fight, right? But that's that's you know minus two ninety five at this point, right? I so would bet the knockout. <laughs> you're just betting for a knock. I think that's uh, probably the play, and there is plus money there, plus one fifty. I was just talking about that with our buddy Aaron Oster out of Veasan. Um, cause he was trying to convince me to bet out Asanya to win, um, by a knockout or TKO at plus one ninety, And I'm like, uh, like six of his last eight fights have gone the distance and I can still get plus money on him going. I, I hate, I'm giving away what it is I'm going to be talking about on live casino and hotels <laughs> social page, but like I can get plus money on a fight going to the distance when all the dude ever does is go the distance, bro. I might be wrong. <laughs> But I'm I'm gonna go down swinging. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I I just that seems crazy to me. I can still get plus money on that bet. Leon Twyman, the uh, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Leon, what else are you seeing action come in on this week? So right now, uh, just a lot of tennis, a lot of UFC. But I do want to throw out there as well that um, we do have a swag giveaway going on Ooh. right now. So. Anybody's interested in some co-branded uh, live casino and FanDuel swag, 
Uh, we do have that going on. So new betters, if you sign up for that live rewards card, come place your first wager at the sportsbook. If your first bet is $250, you'll receive a co-branded hat and T-shirt. Okay. And if your first bet is $1,000, you'll receive the hat, T-shirt, and also a windbreaker. Very cool. And hopefully you'll win your bet. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. So that, yeah. that promotion we have going on, it's running until July 10th. So definitely a good night to come out this weekend with UFC. Um, we're going to see a lot of people in here. We're going to give away a lot of swag. That's awesome, man. I love everything about that. Uh, important questions for you. One, are you guys, do, do you have already, or do you think you'll be doing odds on this absurd Adrian Peterson Le'Veon Bell fight that has been agreed to? Um, I'm going to anticipate that we will have it. My God. I have not seen anything pop up for that just yet. I, I swear, I mean, I would have to think that Adrian Peterson would be the favorite, right? Like, yeah. I mean, look at the man. How, I mean, come on. How would he not be the favorite? I, I assume that Le'Veon Bell's seven, six, six years younger? Five or six years younger, right? My God, maybe I'm totally wrong about this. Maybe Le'Veon Bell's... Adrian Peterson's got to be pretty close to 40 now, right? Right. Adrian Peterson is... He's still only 37. Bell is 30 years old. He's 30 years old. So he's seven yeah. years younger. He's seven years younger, which is why... But look, but look at Adrian Peterson. <laughs> look at him. He's just yeah, a different a, type of human. Yeah, he definitely is, for sure. Ah, I don't know what that is. There's no way. This is not for me. This is the type of thing that I will watch the next day. <laughs> like, there is no chance I'll be watching it live, unless, of course, you're showing it in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and then I might reconsider at that point and make the trip <laughs> down. I God, I guess I forget that Le'Veon Bell is, a, is – because he's so shifty, you forget that he was big, too. Like, he's also 6'1", but uh, – it's Adrian Peterson, man. Come on. Come on. Think about how hard you have to punch Adrian Peterson in order to get him down. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Nobody could tackle the man. I'm going with Adrian Peterson there. Um, and anything else that people should be knowing about as they head down towards the FanDuel Sportsbook this week? Uh, right now, like I said, we just have swag giveaway going on. We have 61 self-service kiosks open 24-7. So if you come in after the Sportsbook hours, which we are open Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m., and Saturday and Sunday, we're open from 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. So if we're not there and you come after hours, utilize those kiosks. They're there for you. Oh, great. Sorry. Thank you. This is from Ed. Ed says, can you ask if they're doing odds on the hot dog contest? Are you? That's important. <laughs> uh, I don't believe we will have oh, that. Oh, what I can the? Definitely, uh, I can definitely check okay. to see if we will have right. that, but if, I don't if, believe If you will. do, message me, and I will make sure to promote that you can bet. <laughs> Although, I mean, come on. who? How would we? Like, Joey Chestnut would be what? Minus Five thousand or something like that. <laughs> how are you betting that exactly? I guess maybe you could. They could do run props like you could how like many a spread, hot dogs? Yeah, yeah he, how he many? wins by ten hot dogs. Yeah, I guess maybe something like that could do it. But come on, he'd be such an overwhelming favorite. There's no way you could bet it. All right, buddy. Always appreciate you. Hey, we're gonna be. I'll, I'll tell you more about the details, but we're gonna take a, a short summer break here uh, for the next couple of weeks as uh, we are making a studio move. But we're gonna be back uh, in just a couple of weeks, and so we'll be back with you then. Always appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time. All right. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it. I'll see you then. That's Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I'm trying to find out if anybody has Adrian Peterson. I might be I might maybe I'm not giving nearly enough credit. I think just because of the, his style of play, I don't associate Le'Veon Bell with his physicality. I think it's interesting uh, cuz Adrian Peterson has probably played more 
valuable football than Le'Veon Bell, Wait. like recently, wouldn't you say? Because recently, like who's played? You think more meaningful football? I don't know what like you mean the last by that. time. Like, well, they, Adrian Peterson I mean, played in Washington. That wasn't meaningful football. Eh, I mean, he played. He was getting the bulk of carries. I know, it, it was Bell meaning, wasn't doing anything. That's for the what Ravens. I'm trying to figure out. What you mean? So, by the way, the people that do have odds up so far have Bell as the favorite. At, I, I kind of like. I, I think you're right. Though. I mean, Adrian Peterson. Like, it looks like he's a guy with a chin. You know, just like, my God, it was so hard. He was so physical. You just don't associate Le'Veon Bell with that because you associate him with being the guy that caught the ball in space. You associate him with his shiftiness in the backfield and his patience as he waited for plays to develop, whereas you associate Adrian Peterson with just barreling. And, and Adrian Peterson also strikes me as a guy that when he gets out there, he's not going to want to embarrass himself. You know, He's going to make sure he well, I mean, I don't know if was training him. hard. Le'Veon Bell seems like a guy like... They could just be doing it for yeah, the sake of yeah, doing he'll, like, he'll just show up and I'll be like, I mean, yeah, I could probably throw some punches. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that this is a conversation I'm having because I... I I have no respect for this thing being a thing. But at the same time, I'm also awkwardly... Like, this somehow is not as bad. The worst thing is when a boxer faces somebody who isn't a boxer. Like, that's that's an embarrassment. That's, like, all these, these Paul brothers... You know, like, that's that's been one of the most embarrassing things in the entire sport. Floyd Mayweather versus... Logan which, Paul was it Logan Paul? Yeah, I, it was I, Logan. it's so hard for me to remember which Paul. Yeah, was. that was that one was ugly. It was the it's these are just it was an, yeah that was these are embarrassing things. This is a, a a joke, and the sport deserves everything that's happened to it. In a weird way, two guys who both aren't fighters fighting against each other, kind of more interesting. It's like it's not interesting, <laughs> but it's more interesting. And this one only because these are genuinely like world-class athletes that we're talking about. We're talking about two guys that were the absolute. Adrian Peterson is a Hall of Famer. Le'Veon Bell was on the path towards having a Hall of Fame caliber career. Clearly, that's that's done. I mean, he's not going to get anywhere close to it. Um, the, Adrian Peterson's a Hall of Fame football player. He's truly one of the greatest players we ever saw play at that position. Frank Gore was just boxing. I don't remember that. Did yeah, he, he, who did he, who did he fight? Why do I not remember that? It was like uh, it was like right before Christmas, I think. What? Oh, I, maybe I do remember that. Yeah, yeah you knocked out Darren Williams. <laughs> oh, the basketball player. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. That one did not get nearly as much attention. It didn't, actually, he didn't knock him out. He knocked him down. This him this is a it's part of a card at um the, uh, the, the Bell the Lakers Arena. The oh yeah, yeah the, the Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, whatever that. Yeah, exactly right. Like this is a a big event that they're putting this fight on, which is. So stupid, and I, I hate mean, myself for going to sell about it. something. I can't, there's got to be another fight. This can't be the main event of that, whatever this event maybe is. Maybe Jake Paul will show up. Yeah, somebody like <laughs> that. Oh, God, that's so bad. Oh, I hate everything about it. But um, but then that gives it, I think, in more, other, that gives in, it some validity. In other places, they've got Bell at minus 180 and Peterson at plus 140. That's according to Bet Online. It's probably gonna be, but is it? Won't it probably be like one of those exhibition things where it's like they, if it goes the distance, they don't declare a winner. Or oh, a hundred percent. So, like, what are you betting on? Well, I mean, <laughs> like that's been the difficult thing about all these celebrity yeah. boxing matches, or when Mike Tyson's come out of retirement to fight. I'm right. like, look, man, the likelihood of somebody getting a finish is. Although we say that Nate oh. Robinson, Nate yeah. Robinson got laid on his well, ass. Those, I think, those were technically real boxing fights. Like Jake Ball has a record, mm-hmm. and Nate Robinson is now zero and one. Whereas the Roy Jones uh, Mike Tyson Mike thing, Tyson was, thing was, was, yeah, was a pre-exhibition. It was like, and they said there were like no knockout. I mean, I don't know a ton about boxing. Well, this isn't really boxing either. <laughs> this is something else. This is carnival barking is really what this is. All right, whatever. Let's get to a tidbit. What okay. you got? All right, let's see. Where, let me find what I okay. had. Nothing, nothing like preparation. 
That's no, right. I have plenty. I have plenty of okay, tidbits. Well, I share just, one I, of I, them. All right. Last Monday, so uh, Paolo Banquero, he was plus 400 to be the first pick. Um, obviously ended up being the first pick. So someone threw 10K on him, and they made 50K on that plus 400. Or would you be willing to put 10K on an NBA no, draft? I don't have 10K to put. Wait, and then Peyton Watson, here's a, this was a good one. Peyton Watson from UCLA, he was plus 500 to be drafted in the first round. Someone uh-huh. put $400 on that. And okay. he ended up being the final pick of the first round. Yeah, like in those situations, you always wonder if it's like, one, is it a wealthy person that's just throwing out all sorts of crazy bets? Is it somebody who knew something? Yeah, some insider. That's the always the interesting thing about these events where like people, there is something to be known, right? Like, um, I got one that clearly there, there's no a one limit knew. to how much you can like the the books that allow you to bet on like professional wrestling typically have a limit to how much you can bet or win. Uh, betting professional wrestling. I remember before mm. before WrestleMania this year. They would have odds out for that? Yeah. They, they still do that? Oh, yeah. Mo- a lot oh. of books offer odds for pro wrestling. Um, but there's a limit. They just say, look, somebody knows. So somebody that works in WWE knows how this is going to go. So we're not going to allow you to come in and make like a million dollar bet on yeah. something that you know the outcome of. But if you want to make a $20 bet, like we'll let you do that. And there are books that offer odds on like The Bachelor. There are books that offer odds on Survivor, s- on scripted shows. Yeah. And wrestling is a scripted show, so you know at least wrestling's live. Like there, are, there are definitely a lot of people have to know how The Bachelor ends because there are camera people, and there are, you know, why wouldn't you sneak off and try to make a a quick bet on right. the side when you know what the result is? All right, so here's one that I I mean I don't know what this person was doing. So on Sunday, uh, someone just essentially threw like six darts and they put. Five dollars on it, so they took the Astros to win the fourth inning versus the Yankees, which okay. they did. Super it was like ran- so. This is like plus three hundred. These are just a bunch of like random plus three three hundred bets. Okay. The Rays Pirates to be tied after four innings. It was okay. No runs scored in the second inning of the A's Royals game. Uh, there were no runs scored. The Twins to lead after two innings versus the Rockies. The Cardinals to win the second inning versus the Cubs. And then the Nats to lead after the first inning versus the Rangers. I mean, th- this has got to be somebody who's just making a thousand like I, random parlay. I guess bets. so. I but they put five dollars on it and they made eleven k. Not good for them. <laughs> good for them. But that's it's just so bloody random. I don't have a. I like this one. So, do you, how's your WNBA knowledge? Ah, oh, very deep. Would you be willing to put seven k on a three team parlay? No, I wouldn't be willing to put <laughs> seven dollars on a. They put seven thousand dollars on a three team road underdog parlay on cool. Wednesday, last Wednesday night. The Mur- the Mercury, uh, Mighty won, Merc. Yeah, they won at Dallas at the Dallas Wings. The LA Sparks won at the Seattle Storm, and the Mystics won at the Las Vegas Aces. All go. of them were road underdogs, there you go. and they all won. So seven thousand into four hundred thousand. How about that? How about that? All right, very good. Thank you, Griffin. Thanks to Leon Twyman. Thanks to Aaron Oster. Um, as I've told you know, I told my audience a couple times. If you watch or listen to Simply the Bet specifically, we're going to be off for the next couple of weeks as we are moving studios. So two weeks off. The next Simply the Bets will be coming to you on July nineteenth. So just a two week break here, and then we're right back to action on July nineteenth. In the meantime, we'll see you on Thursday for weekend at bookies. Thursday morning at 11.40 a.m. In the meantime, may the odds be ever in your favor.